Welcome to the Arms Race. This is the podcast where we try to determine which action star has the highest body count in movie history, currently by watching every Sylvester Stallone movie one at a time. I'm Kevin Keane. And I'm Mike Olson. Today we're discussing Grudge Match, released by Warner Brothers on December 25th, 2013, starring Robert De Niro, Sylvester Stallone, Kevin Hart, Alan Arkin, Kim Basinger, John Barenthal, and Camden Gray, written by Tim Kelleher and Rodney Rothman, directed by Peter Siegel. You know what's funny? Obviously, we'll have to just touch on this, but I put together those credits so long ago that I forgot this came out on Christmas. Merry Christmas. <laughs> Here's your gift world. This movie. Ah, uh, okay. okay. That's quite a start. So it's yeah. been a while. There might be a little rust here. But, yeah, uh, I, I, I literally, like, we're recording this in mid-February. I literally, I literally wrote these notes in June. <laughs> That's how long we've been gone. Uh, there's a reason for that. You know, obviously, there's a blanket apology, but um, we're... Going to try to get to the finish line here in reasonable amount of time. Expeditiously? Yes, yes. Because, uh, yeah, I, I, I've missed it, and it's one of those things where there's just been so much going on that, unfortunately, just there was no way to prioritize. And just it was just one of these things where, uh, you know, as much as I enjoy doing the podcast, and I think you do too, it's just not easy to... <laughs> to do it sometimes we try to like fit it in our schedule but sometimes that schedule doesn't cooperate yeah th- this one in particular has been tough i actually had to go back and rewatch this last night uh my notes aren't from june i don't even remember where my notes are from but you know the stops and starts uh, you know i have the notes but i'm like uh, and i kind of remember the movie but i'm like i better go back oh, yeah, I-, I had to rewatch it, it. it's been months since i probably took my detailed notes and I, I could probably do i could do the plot summary without a problem but any of the actual <laughs> things that we typically discuss I'm like, I'm not going to remember what most of these notes are. So it, I, I've probably seen this actually now four or five times trying to do this one episode. Yeah, I've watched it at least three times. <laughs> and I think it's one of those things where, look, if if the next episode was a movie I really wanted to talk about, we probably f- would have found some time to squeeze it in. But because it was Grudge Match, and it was just like, ah, I just I, <laughs> I have a hard time scheduling some time. But anyway, yeah, apologies. But it, it was interesting rewatching. I, I rewatched it last night. And I had my notes up from months ago, and I'm just like, yeah, I agree with all this. Like, yeah, pretty much <laughs> nothing has changed as far as my uh, opinion about this movie. Same, same here. I can tell from your opening with uh, Merry Christmas World, I have a feeling that I enjoyed this more more than you did. And I, I enjoyed it more than I thought I would for sure. I don't know if I know for a fact that we're gonna ha- I'm going to have a higher rating on this than you, but I, I suspect it. But definitely going into it, the, the bar was very, very low. Yeah, I think you're probably right. I didn't hate it. Like, there are parts that I enjoyed. But, some of, I mean, it's a comedy, and I think so much of it is... There will be, at least in my opinion, two bad jokes for every one good joke. It's just a question of whether that's okay with you, or were there enough good jokes to get you through. Or, you know, maybe you think that ratio is different. But, uh, you know, I, I enjoyed some parts of it. But, generally speaking, the performances are really good. But I just think the writing of this movie is... I, I, I was not... I was not really engaged with like the story and the drama of it of just like you know stallone and uh kim basinger and their whole thing that that didn't really it, i mean we'll get into it but it didn't really work for me and then all that was really left is the comedy and so that was just hit and miss for me i'd say the ratio i probably would agree with but maybe it's just because i had such low expectations um you know it was a, a pleasant surprise but then also you know i i kind of think at times I agree with you on the writing. I don't know if the movie necessarily 100% knew what it wanted to be. And if if I thought it, it maybe it was trying to be a straight, you know, a straight up just comedy. If it was, then it failed at that. Um, I, I thought that there were, a, you know, enough other aspects and some of the performance, you know, I really liked Alan Arkin and, yeah. and some others that there was enough there that 
I th- honestly, I, th- I thought that this was going to be one of the you know lower ten percent of the movies that we did. <laughs> it's definitely not there. I don't know if it's in the top half. I would probably agree with that. It's not in the top. It's not in the bottom ten percent. It's, it's yeah, not that bad. It's you know it's it's pro- it's somewhere for me probably in like uh you know the twenty five to forty percent range of of what we've covered is probably where it is. Which and going into it, I thought it was going to be a lot worse than that. So, well. It feels. It felt to me like a movie that was sitting on the shelf for a while. Maybe it was just because of all the dated humor, of just like life alert jokes. What year did this come out? Two thousand and thirteen. Almost two thousand fourteen. It was Christmas. So like, yeah, life alert jokes and like comments about how the Bills kept losing Super Bowls. I was like, that was twenty years ago. Yeah. <laughs> what is what is with this? Like this movie is stuck in the nineties. It 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 could have, and I I didn't re- you know read anything up to see if it sat you know in development. For I don't need that. That's, that's how it felt. Though. But I can see that feeling. But what's funny to me is that what my and somewhere in my notes, my comment was it's maybe it did sit there because my biggest criticism, it's just a movie that doesn't need to exist. I mean, there, there. I I don't think anybody was clamoring, you know, for for this. Well, I, I see the appeal of it where it's like it's you know the whole shtick of it is it's you know Jake LaMotta versus Rocky Balboa, right? I mean that's. That's essentially what they were pitching when they were, you know, the poster and everything, like when they were marketing this movie. And they don't really take advantage of that, hardly at all. I mean, they both kind of have shades of... And they, you know, these are these are copyrighted characters, so yeah. they can't just call them those, those things. <laughs> but, you know, there's similarities where it's like... Um, I don't know, I'm going to blank on their characters' names. Kid. Billy, uh, Billy the Kid Donnan. Billy the Kid. Oh, yeah. This this is really in the running for silly names. Maybe it was McDonough. It's McDonough. Billy the Kid McDonough. Yeah, it's some kind of Irish name because <coughs> he came out to the yeah. Dropkick Murphys. Um, but he's doing his, like, stand-up thing, which is very yeah. Raging Bull. And then, you know, there's there's obviously, like, little jokes about Rocky and, like, the eggs and the meat and all this. And they're constantly, yeah. like, glancing blows, like, trying to, like, allude to Rocky. But my problem with it is they didn't really, like, their characters hardly interacted. And when they did, they were, like never directly talking to each other. It's like half, of, half of the scenes that they share, it's like, <coughs> excuse me. It's like they weren't <laughs> in the same room. Well, <laughs> they're doing, they never look at each other and it's supposed to be like, Oh, there's animosity. They can't bear to look at each other. But like, you know, I, I'm just thinking about like the scene where they get their medical or whatever, their medical test. And it's them talking about all oh, the fight setup, blah, blah, blah. And then it's like, it's, it's Kevin Hart and like some like boxing guy. And then they cut to De Niro and Stallone, and they're just standing side by side, and they're never, they never look at each other, just kind of looking vaguely at the camera, and they're just, it, it's almost like this movie's like, look, they're together, but they're not, it's not doing anything with it. <laughs> it's like a circus sideshow, like, behold, the aging actors, the aging Italians. You know, like, they were on display more than they were, like, used, like, they're, they're like, the, the, the pos- if, if those two characters, Jake LaMotta and uh, Rocky Balboa, and obviously they didn't fight in the same periods you know obviously one's a real person one's not but you know it's i don't feel like this movie really used that in any way they're no just, that's fair they're, they're just kind of like you know the, and the animosity they're cardboard cutout versions of yeah of those i'd say I, characters but lamada is a real person right so but you know the the fictional version yes, from raging the creation Bull. from raging Bull. You, you, I, I and you know I, I that character is kind of you know it's a little too sad to be in a comedy i guess so yeah. you can't lean into it that hard and this is sort of but they kind of do because this his character kid is like you know the kind of alcoholic guy who's living in the past and just he is but he's got a successful car dealership yeah at least. They, they, they spun it into like the comedic version of that uh i don't know i just i feel like they could have done a lot more with it fair enough 
All right. Um, anyway, so yeah, should we? Uh, I think that's on? a good enough intro. Are you ready? Yeah, let's move on. We don't have sounds in our ears, but I'm going to put them in and post. Okay. So the sound machine has been packed up. So we, we uh, people will hear it, but we won't. So we're just going to have to <laughs> we're just going to have to imagine it. So I have to imagine uh, Kyle Reese right now. Hold yes. on. Okay, I, I can just do it like I did that one time. What day is it? What year? Also, I've got a kind of a gravelly voice today. I'm a little sick, so maybe that'll help me do my calories. What day is it? What year? Well, it is Christmas Day of 2013. It, <laughs> it honestly feels like this movie is a lot older than 2013. It doesn't, it doesn't seem like it's within the last 10 years. This feels yeah. like this was a movie from 20 years ago. You're it right. feels like the 90s. That's how it felt to me. Uh, all right, so I'm going to... Uh, you probably don't even remember what we do during the history session. Uh, <laughs> but, <laughs> it has been a while. Uh, so I'm going to let you go ahead and try and guess what the Rotten Tomatoes... Critic score and audience score was for for Grudge Match. Ah, jeez, uh, critics. I'm going to say forty two percent. Ooh, you are generous. Yeah. They were at thirty one percent. That wasn't that far off. I think that that's you know under fifty percent. Certainly, that's kind of where I was thinking. And then audience, you think better or worse? It's usually better. I'm going to say fifty five. Pretty close, forty six percent. Okay, so I think uh, still, still didn't crack fifty. I was not, wrong about that. <laughs> did not crack fifty, but <coughs> as you're correct, with most, it feels like at least of the movies that we do, the audience score is higher than the critic score. Well, because you know, if people are going out of their way to, I mean, some people will go on and online and review every movie they see, but like generally, people aren't going to go online unless they like the movie. It's it causes it to skew that number a little higher, whereas professional critics. See, I think that, but I I think it depends on the genre too, because there's some when I go into it, I'm like I guarantee. There's one that I saw the other day. I I want I wanted to like it, and man, did I hate it. And I just I knew I'm like the, the I, I didn't look before, but I'm like I guarantee you, it's the new Paul Thomas Anderson licorice pizza. I I wanted. Oh, that's disappointing. I, I haven't seen it yet. I wanted to love it. Maybe maybe you'll you know maybe I missed something. I don't think I did. Uh, the performances were good. It and I'm and you know this. I'm fine with a a story or a movie, I should say, that literally has you know no no plot. I'm totally fine with that. Yeah. But you got to do something or go somewhere, and it just doesn't. Mm. Um, but with that, I'm like, I guarantee you, the critics love this, and I can guarantee <laughs> that the audience. So I think it depends sometimes on the genre and the movie, but there can be a divergence where. It's critically acclaimed, but people, oh, to quote Nelson, oh, that stunk. That's, that's a bummer. Because, everybody think. Well, because usually I don't like those kinds of movies, but I, and you really liked Inherent Vice, right? Oh, yeah, absolutely. And I did, too, even though that kind of has a meandering kind of thing going on. So. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I'm totally okay with that. Yeah, that's, that's disappointing to hear. Uh, all right, so this was a $40 million movie. I'm <laughs> not sure where the money was spent. Salaries. I, I guess it must have been. These uh, guys are still, you know, I mean, whatever. In 2015, was, I mean, he might not have been doing action movies, but he was, he, I mean, he was still relevant. This is, yeah, that's true. This is post Rocky Balboa and Rambo yeah, 4. So, yeah, he's relevant. True. Yeah, this is when he was back. Uh, total box office, I was surprised. It certainly wasn't a success, but it brought him more than I thought, especially when your opening weekend, you don't crack the top 10. Oof. That's really bad. Yeah. Uh, f- just under $45 million. Uh, just under 30 of that was domestic, and just over 15 of that was international, according to Box Office Mojo. So, the top 10 movies. Does not include the movie that we're talking about because it came in at number eleven with uh, just over seven million dollars in its opening weekend. Wow. Well, I mean, sometimes Christmas can be pretty brutal, especially like lately. This is before Star Wars movies started coming out around Christmas, but like, 
lately it's been really like almost like summer. It's like a oh it was Christmas bonus summer weekend. Cr- right? Christmas is very much a competitive weekend and somewhat for big blockbuster movies, but certainly for Oscar movies. So there's normally a combination of both. Yeah. This did not find an audience at all. The number one movie in America was The Hobbit, The Desolation of Smog. Just uh, just over, excuse me, just over $29 million, and that it looks like that was in week three. I want to say that was the second one. I hate it. Those movies are terrible. I, so I've never seen them, so... I saw the first one and, like, part of the second one, and I was like, I'm not going to bother... So they're really that bad because I mean they were highly they were really successful. I mean I, that doesn't necessarily mean it's good. The Transformers movies made a ton of money. So. It, it was all built up goodwill from the Lord of the Rings movies, which are actually gotcha. good. It'll be interesting to see what Amazon show then if if the Hobbit was that bad. Interesting if any of that goodwill was eaten away. They just put out a trailer. It seems interesting. Right. I'm hopeful about it. Uh, number two, Frozen in its sixth week. It gave the Hobbit a run for its money. Uh, just over twenty eight point six. Its its total box office to that point was two hundred and forty eight million dollars. I believe it. That thing is like considered. It, it like, was it like, was a runaway smash. Yeah, yeah. It really was. Uh, number three, Anchorman two: The Legend Continues. Ooh, speaking of bad movies, I you know I was never a fan of the original. I know the original one has a huge following. I I don't I don't hate it, but I don't understand why it has the relevance in pop culture the way it does. I like the first one. I don't love it, but I I, I enjoy it. Okay. But no, that, that second one is really is it bad. bad? Poor, poor Harrison Ford getting dragged through that thing. Uh, yeah, he, I'm sure he cashed a nice paycheck. I'm sure he did, yes. Not as nice as coming back for Star Wars, that's for sure. No, but, um, you know, and this this is the time. Obviously, De Niro and Stallone are cashing a check. And it's just this, this all the, that uh, generation of actors are just like, it's time to start cashing on my for, goodwill. Planning for retirement. Retirement. Uh, just under $20 million. That was in its second week. Uh, number four, a movie I do enjoy, and I don't use the term science oven enough, uh, American Hustle at $18.8 million. Oh, wow. I would have thought that was older. It's third week. No, no. Uh, 2013, hmm. uh, just under $60 million bucks by that, that point. Uh, it was really tough for movies opening because the top new opener was number five, The Wolf of Wall Street, uh, with $18.4 million. Uh Okay. Yeah, that's in its first week. So that uh, just checking my notes. Uh, Saving Mr. Banks is number six. Uh, Tom Hanks is still a bankable star, but it, it wasn't a huge, huge hit for for them. Uh, I mean, it's, yeah, I mean, I don't know how many people were really. That was just like Disney trying to sell their own, like you know, their own legend. Just no, no one was really clamoring for that movie. I know it was based on a book or something, right? Like, yes, it's it, 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 yes. true story of whatever. But I, I know uh, changed true story a lot. of Mary Poppins, I think the creator of Mary Poppins. Creator of Mary remember. Poppins. That's There's right. someone here who would be able to answer these questions, but uh, she's in the other room. <laughs> Thirteen point five that weekend, thirty-seven, just over thirty-seven in total box office. Uh, we finally get to another opening weekend: The Secret Wife of Walter Mitty with twelve point eight million. Uh, the Hunger Games is still hanging around at number eight. This one, Catching Fire. Okay, that might be the last one, or like, was it a part one, part two? Yeah, it doesn't say part two though, but I'm I, not sure. I, I don't know. Just over ten million dollars. Certainly was doing well enough in week six at just under four hundred million. Uh, number nine, forty-seven Ronin. Uh, oh yeah, Keanu Reeves is in that. Okay, uh, I've well, not seen it. I want to see it. Well, it opened. I think it has kind of mixed. You know, there's kind of this. Uh, uh, accusations of cultural appropriation because he's, you know, like a samurai or something. But I don't, I don't know how far it goes into that. All right. Well, it was just under $10 million uh, for its <laughs> opening weekend. Grudge Mash could not beat out number 10, Walking with Dinosaurs 3D. 
I'm sure it's clearly a kids movie, but I've never seen it or heard of it. Oh no, I'll bet that's some kind of like IMAX experience. Like, here's what it would have been like. Like the kind of thing I would say that, but it says 20th Century Fox is the distributor, so I don't oh, think so. I maybe. think it, I think it's actually a kids movie. That sounds like some kind of IMAX educational thing. That's I would have thought that if it wasn't huh. for 20th Century Fox. And okay. then number eleven, Grudge Match. All right, in the world of Nielsen ratings for TV, you really don't re- probably remember all this great stuff that I did. Uh, Sunday Night Football, big surprise, is number one, but it's actually tied, surprisingly, with NCIS. I'm assuming that's the... Oh, I know it's the original, because there was, of course, another one. Hold on. Yeah. Uh, number three, The Big Bang Theory. Then, number four, NCIS Los Angeles. Los Angeles, sure. Uh, apparently, Dancing with the Stars must be fading, because there's only one day of Dancing with the Stars in the top ten. Number five... Uh, number six, The Blacklist. I actually think that that was a show, and it got a lot of seasons. So I think it was pretty successful. I never watched it. James Spader, I think, was in that. Yeah, I don't know much about it, but yeah, I know it did pretty well. Uh, this is another one I know hung around for a long time. I don't know if it's any good. Number seven, Person of Interest. It's just good to see, like, scripted shows, actually. You know, there, must, there was a resurgence here. Yeah. Um, Person of Interest, that was, uh, what was his name? The actor who played uh, Ben Linus in... Uh, in Lost, yeah. Lost. I, I know that show was like all of the Lost crew moved on to that, and they'd use a lot of Lost actors, but I don't know anything about it. All right. Number eight. Uh, here we go. The Voice. Number 10, The Voice Tuesday, and sandwiched in between <laughs> the two voices is Blue Bloods on CBS. Okay. Man, it really is just... It's CBS and reality TV. That's that. I think from like the mid-2000s on, network TV was just shows for old people on CBS and reality <laughs> TV. All right, uh, you need to know what the S&P 500 was at. It was at uh, 1822.36. Okay. Uh, I expanded a little bit into November. I didn't go into January, or I did go into January, January 1st, because I actually, this became, this history lesson in the United States was mostly about business and things becoming law. Uh, So November 20th, a number of states actually passed legislation, but I picked Illinois because that's where we're from. Illinois became the 16th state to legalize same-sex marriage. Provisions of the bill will not go into effect until June 1st of the next year. During December, there was like six other states that that passed legislation basically at the same time. Hmm. Uh, December 16th, for an undisclosed price, Google acquires the robot-making company Boston Dynamics, which had previously been contracted by the U.S. military. I don't know if you remember it, but it, it it's like claim to fame. They actually wound up selling it a few years later. Um, oh, I didn't know that. Google, s- Google sold it off? Uh, Google did. They sold it to SoftBank, and then I don't remember who SoftBank sold it to, but it had a, a number of robots, but one of them was the dog. You know the oh, dog? I'm familiar with the Boston Dynamics robots. Okay. They're terrifying. <laughs> Okay, well, they're getting more terrifying every year. I mean, the, the dog, I just remember it being on Silicon Valley, and it was a great, great joke within, you know, Silicon Valley jokes. Um, but anyway, sorry, I, I didn't know how, f- I, I wondered how I, familiar you would be with Boston Dynamics. You might know more than me. I'm, I'm not up to date on what the latest one is. But yeah, the, the, the one around that time was the video that went around where it was like on ice and it was on all fours, and then they kick it and it try, like scrambles to try to keep its balance. and. <laughs> Um, yeah, now they've got robots that do like backflips and stuff, like human-sized oh, wow. robots that like can like walk on a balance beam and do like gymnastics. That's it's, crazy. It's nuts. Well, the, the dog joke in Silicon Valley, uh, it, it actually it has reindeer, it, and it it actually I think was one of the robots, not not a prop that was made. I think the show either leased it or bought it or whatever, and they put antlers on it, and it one of the characters actually kicks it like outdoors on <laughs> yeah. ice for exactly that. actually the the one of those things or something similar was just on the book of boba fett they like put it in the background of some I, shot i watched that entire 
and I I don't remember. It was like in the first or second episode. It was just walking down the street. It was no. just there going. I may have to go back and watch that now. Oh, what? I, I, I don't like that. Why, why are you putting real robots in Star Wars? It's supposed to be like, you know, use your imagination. This is Star Wars. Let's just put a real robot in. It's like, I, 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 I get enough reality. I'm not coming to Star Wars for reality. <laughs> well, we'll have to talk about Boba Fett since we've both seen it. Uh, I'm actually, su- I'm, I'm surprised because I thought you had written, written off. I, you know, I got to stay focused. I'm going to stay it's focused. All, it's all hot and cold with me with Star Wars. I have a very love-hate relationship. I, I mean, you were pretty adamant that you were done after yeah, the but last movie. I liked The Mandalorian, mm, okay. and then, but I didn't like but no, you, But no, you didn't. You got really mad about the end of season two of The oh, Mandalorian. Yes, I, I, I think didn't you like said the, that you were like, that's it. This is the last straw. I, I, yeah, I thought it was pandering. The final scene in season two I thought was very pandering. And I rolled my eyes. You know, there's all these reaction videos. People are like, oh, my God. Like, come on. Have some dignity. Like, <laughs> I mean, no offense. Don't Dude. you even know dignity when you see it? <laughs> Worthy of Webster. Oh, I've got a one of my co- one of my coworkers at my new job has a tattoo of, uh, <laughs> of uh, Mr. Van Houten's dignity drawing. I was like, oh, you and I are going to be friends. That's amazing. Yeah, I was so excited to see it. Anyway, we're getting really off topic now. I knew, you, I knew you would appreciate that. As soon as you found out, you drew him a picture of a door so he could use it. <laughs> and here's a picture even you can figure out. It's a door. Use it. All I, right, I knew so, you'd appreciate that. Uh, that. Honestly, that is, I mean, I'm not a tattoo person. Me neither. But I, I would say, I'm a t-shirt person. That is such, I mean, that's the type of reference and pull. I do. I respect that. I respect the ones that... You have to be a legit fan. You know, there's a ton of stuff you can do from all kinds of movies and TV shows. Anybody walking down the street, I'm oh, the one that plays to the five or ten percent of fans. Those are the references I like. I actually have one that I got recently. I sent it to a couple people that would know it because I'm like, I'm not going to see it. they've moved, and it's a it's from Archer. I'm like, you are like one of the ten percent of people in the world. When I wear this, you won't know that anybody else won't reference it. So I'm sending you a picture because really this is mostly for you. <laughs> Nobody is going to know what this is when I'm walking around. I think 10% is probably high. Like, even like hardcore Simpsons fans, you think they'd be able to recognize the drawing? Like I, I did. That's how much I like that uh, <laughs> the episode. Yeah. All right. Sorry. I'm going to get back to f- wrapping up history here. Uh, December 18th. I-, I love this one. An EPA employee who committed fraud regarding his vacation pay is sentenced to 32 months in prison. John C. Beale had perpetrated a scam whereby he disappeared from work for years at a time saying... He was a covert CIA agent. That's amazing. Wow. Uh, December 19th. I, I, I can't imagine how you get away with that for that long. I don't know. Maybe a month. Uh, just, you know what I mean? It reminded me of Confessions of a Dangerous Mind. Uh, have you seen that? I have uh, not, but I, I, know, I know the idea. Yeah, yeah, the, yeah, yeah. the concept that uh, Rick Barris is yeah. it's like, this a spy. <laughs> right. uh, it's actually a like, great performance of Sam, Sam Rockwell. I uh, really uh, became a Sam Rockwell fan after that movie. Uh, December 19th. This is something when I, I'm like, this was 2013. This felt like sort of like this movie was 15 or 20 years prior. Target Corporation and the United States Secret Service say that more than 40 million credit and debit cards used in Target stores may have been compromised due to a data breach. I can tell you the stock thereafter got hammered. Would have been a great time because Target has been (laughs) on fire for at least the last five years. Oh, and then December 22nd, black market sales of credit card and debit card data, which was compromised due to a Target Corporation data breach began. Cause and effect. Yeah. All right. So then I moved to January 1st. Following (laughs) laws go into effect. Uh, 13 states, I won't go through them all, increased their minimum wage. 
Uh, numerous provisions of the Patent Patient Protection and Affordable Care Act, better known as Obamacare, goes into effect. Provisions of the Energy Independence and Security Act of 2007, signed into law by then-President George W. Bush, go into effect, banning the sale of 40 to 60-watt incandescent light bulbs throughout the nation. Uh, the state of Oregon bans smoking in vehicles when children are present, but the state of Colorado allows the sale of recreational cannabis from legally licensed businesses. Oh, wow. I didn't know that was that long ago. Yeah. It's been a long time for Colorado. Huh. Okay. Um, Finally, in pop culture, uh, Sycamore Row is the New York Times bestseller, a John Grisham novel. I, there's no way I could not, I could pick out any John Grisham book other than like the first three or four. The Firm, the yeah. Pelican Brief, and actually his first one I read. And I, 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 what are the ones that were made into movies? There's at least one or two more. Well, there was one, there was one more with McConaughey. That, that was the first one that was made into a movie. But I, yeah. now I'm, of course, forgetting The Chamber. The Chamber, with, The Pelican Brief. With Gene Hackman. Uh, the firm, the chamber. That was with Chris O'Donnell. Chris I think? O'Donnell as the as the lawyer. Because I mean, of course, <laughs> I, I just just write one book that's not about a lawyer. I know. I I write what you know. Like, I, whatever. Yeah, but I think his books now actually. This one might not have been. Okay. Uh, the one with Matthew McConaughey's going to kill me. I bet you like an hour from now on the show we're going to remember it. All right. right, time to kill. That's not a Grisham. time to kill. That's it. Yes, that's a thank you. Book? That is a Grisham. That was his first novel. Oh, actually, I didn't know that. Uh, and that's McConaughey and Sam Jackson. Samuel L. Jackson. Might, was that Ashley Judd? Maybe in that. Sounds, no. sounds right. I think I saw it a long time ago. I don't remember much about it. All right. And the Billboard 100 is actually a song that I know and still hear, actually, from time to time on the radio. The Monster, uh, Eminem featuring Rihanna. Wow. What, what radio station is still playing that? I uh, actually, some of the, well, you know, my kids, you know, it's like the same six songs most time, most hmm. of the time on. But every once in a while, they'll actually go into the archive. And like now, right now, I think they're playing because Eminem's doing the halftime. We were recording yeah, yeah. the day of the Super Bowl. You know, I'm sure it's been on lately because that could be. yeah, Eminem's going to be on the Super Bowl. But anyway, so that's that was what was going on in late uh, 2013 and early 2014. Okay, a lot of things that I thought were either way or way earlier or way later. Sort of like this. Movie. 2013 is a weird year. Okay, let's move on to the big picture. Let's do it. Barrel, barrel. Do you want me to sing? Just to get, please get do. Give me, you give me like talk? Fire to- you, we'll talk. How does it even go? It's been a while. You want to talk? We'll talk. I like a good conversation. I'm it's a, sucker, even, I'm a sucker. sucker for big conversation. God, it's been so long. Have you really forgotten Cobra? That like, I was I was close. I got like right. 80% of it. All right. The, the, see, here's what I'm not having. I kind of need that segue so I can remember how to introduce the segment. <laughs> it does It does give us momentum. Yes. When, when and the, also because as it's going, I'm like, all right, hold on. I got to think. got to think. Okay. Now I don't know what I need to do, which is. It's very Pavlovian. Like, it's <laughs> one of those things where it's like, you know, we don't, now that we don't have it, we don't know what to do. <laughs> it's like, you, you ever see that one. Uh, Saturday Night Live sketch. This is probably from around this time, 2013, where it's a news, like a morning news program, and then the Patel prompter goes out, and then it just gradually descends into just like they're they're like murdering each other. Literally, like I think it ends with like one of the anchors <laughs> cutting off the other one's heads, and, ah, and then it's just like, well, the, 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 the prompters are back, and then just like settle in, like, oh, the in in local news, <laughs> everything's okay. I have not seen that. I think one. Bill Hader is one of the anchors. It's oh, uh, yeah, then I'm I'm sad. I'm a big Bill Hader fan, so I'm sad that I have not seen that. You have to find it. Uh, I'm actually missing, and of all the HBO stuff, I really want Barry to come back. All right, the big picture. This is where we uh, discuss the plot of the movie. Uh, and if you remember, I, I have tried to do it in two or three sentences. Yes. So I will lead us off. You ready? Please do. All right. <clears throat> Excuse me. Two fighters from the boxing hotbed of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, apparently were among the greatest fighters in the world 30 years ago. A rematch is needed to settle their split fights after a new generation sees them in a present-day scuffle on YouTube. <laughs> yeah, and Kim, apparently oh, that's enough. And Kim Basinger is in the movie. 
<laughs> well, that's supposed to be like the romantic, you know, story. She's reconnecting with Stallone. We'll, we get we'll get into that, but yeah, I, I the whole like your whole your fight went viral and now it's good. None of that. I didn't buy any of that. Really? No, no, I, not, not Why do you buy it in Rocky Balboa? Well, because in Rocky Balboa... ESPN simulation, which is just as dumb. Yeah, but at least that feels like something... Like, that feels like something that ESPN would plausibly do, and that's like... It, it, it felt more like... I guess I just... I, maybe I'm just skeptical <laughs> you, you just of like social Rocky. media. Oh. Well, no, I mean, I just don't buy that, like, that in particular, like, them, like, a, a viral video of them fighting on a green screen in a video game, like, motion capture. You don't think that that would catch fire? Here's the not only Not like that. Maybe not like that, but here's the only What I don't believe, I believe that it would catch fire like that. What I don't believe is that it would generate necessarily interest in their fight, that they're selling out an arena. So I no. would give you that. because well, you already you saw them fight. <laughs> okay, we saw it. We so I believe that, but do I believe that but, it would is a video that would go viral? Yes, because they're in all that ridiculous green screen stuff. It's kind of funny. Yeah, but I guess that's the that, that's the difference is the the cartoon fight, as Paulie calls it, in Rocky Balboa. It's designed to get a discussion going about who would have actually won, and then people are talking about to actually do it. Whereas this doesn't. That's not what this of uh, this kind of viral video would do. It would just be like, ha ha ha! Look at these, look at these idiots, and then people would move on to whatever puppy video showed up the next day. It's not the sort of thing that would last. You know what I mean? I, that that I agree with you to where I don't believe that the interest would be there to sell out an arena. That's fair. And then like they keep doing it, like they keep getting into zanier and zanier situations. I oh, guess. Come on, some and, of those were fun. <coughs> some of them are fun. If this movie had had a point of view, if this movie had been had, making some kind of comment or had some kind of satire about, like, the, the length they had to go to... Because... What comedy has a point? Come on. How do your comedies have a point? I mean, I'm, I, it's... If it had been about, like, you know, oh, because this... We, we started... You know, I, I, I guess, again, it's just, like, my, uh, you know... I look at social media with a very jaundiced eye. But, you know, if, if the movie had been, like... Okay, the only way to continue to maintain interest is to do zanier and crazier things to continue to try to get these viral videos going. And if if, if that was sort of like, if there was sort of a, a, a sort of cynical point to that, then then fine. But this movie doesn't have any point of view. It's just like, yeah, this is what you got to do to to jump up interest, hey, jump out of a plane, you punch got... guys at MMA fights or whatever. Oh, I want to talk about that. Okay, we can save it. But I mean, this this movie starts with the the. You know, so so there's there's Kevin Hart's character who's the son of some boxing, boxing promoter, promoter yeah. something Slate Junior. I, I, I think Dante Slate Junior. Yes, Dante Slate Junior. I'm at least if nothing else, I I can be consistent in remembering names for you for the podcast. Yes, so. that's definitely something that did not change in the, in the last <laughs> in the months. six months. Yeah, um, Dante well, Slate Junior. I mean, it doesn't help that you know. I mean, I rewatched it last night, but uh, <laughs> I originally watched this movie months and months ago, but. Um, he kind of inst- he starts off the whole thing, right? There's nothing bet- before that. He comes to the two of them saying, "Hey, I got I can get you some money to be in a video game." Yeah, ba- basically, he he doesn't have any money either, so he's he's trying to re- reclaim lost glory. Yes, he can get them. I don't I don't remember it's like 10 grand, I think. Well, but then uh, Stallone's character, Razor Sharp, <laughs> added to the list of silly Stallone names. That will probably win when well, we do I the mean, Razor the, was his nickname, boxing nickname. Yeah, Henry Razor Sharp. Yeah. But it's still Razor Sharp. That's almost as bad as Mason the Line Dixon. That's um, just silly. Like, whatever. If, if the guy's last name was Sharp, of course his nickname would be Razor, yes. 
Um, but yeah, he talks him up to 15. Yeah. Because uh, his old trainer, Alan Arkin, needs money to uh, to pay for his nursing home, even though he seems perfectly fine. <laughs> he he started the, the opening scene, he's in a wheelchair, and he's walking around the rest of the movie. He's like, well, well does no, he really he, need this much medical help? He's got, well, he's got the scooter. Because yeah. he's got the scooter in most other scenes. The only time that he doesn't use it is in the actual fight, because... He wants to show off for the ladies. No, there's other scenes where he's walking around. But I mean, I guess it, look if he, the he needs to go long distance, he's got the scooter. He does. Yeah, I guess he just needs it to go long distance. Now that said, but, it, but they give you no background of like what medical care he actually needs. He might just be old, and you know. Well, that's the thing is, it's like the whole the whole thing starts off because Stallone doesn't want to do it. He doesn't want anything to do with boxing. He's given it up yeah. for reasons that we'll get into, um, which I also don't buy. <laughs> but <laughs> I didn't buy that either. Okay, good, <laughs> but. Uh, you know, he needs the money to pay for Alan Arkin's care. But then once he takes the fights, it's just like, oh, move in with me. It's like, well, doesn't that solve the problem? He didn't actually need the money. To, you know, he didn't need to be in okay. this, this, like... I'll play devil's advocate there, though. I don't know if Arkin's character would have agreed to that if he wasn't training him. Maybe. So I, 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 can, I can buy that. I don't buy him giving up boxing for the for the reasons that are provided I don't buy it, him giving it up at all certainly not for the reasons provided but I can buy that his trainer wouldn't want to move in of course now I'm going to forget Arkin's character name it's going to bother me so. um yeah I don't remember it's in my notes somewhere um so but then okay they have this you know Kevin Hart for some reason decides do you think it, oh I'll save this for questions I guess if I if I don't remember but I wasn't sure if um he was deliberately trying to Get something going, get an actual fight going. I don't think so. I'll answer that one now. I do not okay. think so. I think he was looking for a quick buck. Right. And said, oh, so if somebody wants to license these two jokers, I can get these two jokers to do this, and right. I'll take a little cut. And, you know, I got I got something going. But Razor specifically says, I don't want to be there the same in the day same room. as the kid. Yeah, and, but then they, you know, De Niro's character shows up, and they get in a scuffle. Um... But then, like, what is the progression then? Because then it's like, okay, well, there's interest now. Let's Let's maybe put together a fight. And Stallone's character doesn't want to do it. And then this is where, like, Kim Basinger comes in, and her husband recently passed away, and so she's interested in reconnecting with Stallone's character, with, with Razor. Well, that's, Coincidentally, that's all it kind she, of... She's introduced once they once he agrees to do the fight. Okay. Because it's at the, the initial uh, press conference, and I got a lot of notes on that, so I don't want to get... <laughs> too yeah. much away from that. There was stuff in there that I liked. Uh, but the life alert stuff, not so much. Life <laughs> alert, I agree. There, there's some dated stuff. <laughs> two life alert jokes. The they two? couldn't stop at one. Yeah, when, like he starts with like, would it, if one of you gets knocked down, would it be fair to say you've fallen and you can't get up? And it's like, ah, ha, ha, ha. And then <laughs> that's good. Yeah, it's all right. It's as dated a joke as it is. But then uh, he says later something. Like he literally calls out like. Oh, uh, you know, they should call this the Life Alert Fire. He says, he, maybe he the, makes a second maybe Life Alert. Maybe Life thing. Alert was a sponsor. Maybe. Could be some product around. placement. Well, that is the demo of this movie, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Not counting us. Well, were we really the demo of this movie? We're only yeah. doing it because we're doing a complete yeah, Stallone podcast. Not. Um, I mean, honestly, is there? Would you have ever watched this movie if no. not for this? Right. So, okay. And I, I am a gigantic Rocky fan, and never uh, for an instant was <laughs> I interested. In, no, not even for an instant did I ever go. I need to see that movie. <laughs> well, now you've seen it four times. <laughs> yes, like me. But so she's introduced because she shows up at that that press conference, and then recon. You know, she reaches out to to reconnect with him. right because she's seen him in the news. That yeah. They're now that they're they're viral. But there's there's like a step in between, isn't there? Where he like, he doesn't want to do it, and then what ends up? Is it just his trainer, just Alan Arkin's care that he decides to take the fights? I feel like there's something else in between. 
I, mean, I, don't, I can't remember. There's like a lot of back and forth about like he's gonna do the fight, he's not gonna do the fight, all the way to the end. And I just got kind of annoyed by it, just like because his motivations kept changing. It's like, oh, I know I need the money, and then it's just like, oh, my eye. <laughs> that's, and, that's true. Well, that's very late. Yeah, that's very late. Um, you know, but also like I, I, I feel like there would have been a version of this movie that all of it was about uh, about Kim Basinger. Like, I, I feel like there was the the I, the germ of a really good movie in here, and they kept sidestepping it because, like, yeah, she comes in. And he just kind of blows her off, like, oh, I gotta go. Like, you know, he just doesn't want to see her because it's too painful, I guess. But she obviously wants to reconnect, and Alan Arkin's constantly giving him a hard time. Like, what are you doing? Like, you know. Oh, man, what's his name? It's like Flash or something like that. That's, that that's the trainer's name. But that's his nickname. It's gonna kill me. I think it's, I think his nickname is Flash. Okay. Um, it's not Mickey. <laughs> no. He's very un-Mickey. Like, he's saying some things I can't imagine Mickey ever saying. <laughs> like, what? He's he's constantly talking about snapper and just like he's a you know <laughs> I don't know how common that term was I'm just like you you don't see Burgess Meredith no yeah, I don't think so um, I mean I don't know what he was getting up to but he certainly wasn't talking about it you know he had some he, he can do a variety of damage <laughs> you know he, he he didn't kiss and tell the way Alan Arkin that's was. true um, so yeah and then like a a bunch of different stunts to promote the fight meanwhile you know. All, uh, Kim Basinger's family is getting involved, like her her son, who she had with Kid from a one night stand, um, whose name I also don't remember, but he's a football coach. Oh, and come on! What is it? I mean, there's a whole set of jokes. Set, oh, set up of course, it's it's yes, BJ. That's Thank right. Thank you. I was going to say I shouldn't have to remind you that one. There's yes, butterscotch and, jelly. There beans. you go, butterscotch jelly beans. There's at least like four jokes set up. Oh yeah, this movie thinks that's very funny. <laughs> LL Cool J. There, there's a moment where that started to be funny to me, and then they went too far with it and ruined it. But the whole butterscotch jelly beans thing. Yeah, they probably pushed it too far, but whatever. Anyway, but yes. And then his son, uh, kid's grandson, yep. starts hanging around the gym as they're training. There's a whole subplot with LL Cool J that's kind of pointless. I don't even know. Uh, I didn't that, care that, about any of that. Yeah, stuff. it didn't matter, but that subplot was LL Cool J's father is who the trainer was uh, for Billy the Kid. Back he, in the day. Back, yeah, 30 years ago when he was in his prime. And, you know, so he's still got a successful gym. Yeah. And he, he lets kid train there, but he gives him the, the yeah. low, lowly trainer. Until the moment where they have, they go to promote the boxing match at an MMA event. And it's all like, oh, MMA sucks. And we're going to show you that by punching out your guy or whatever. And suddenly everyone's like. They're treating them like heroes. Like, well, I, I guess if you really love boxing, like seeing a boxer punch out an MMA guy, you'd be like, yeah, good for you. But it seemed, I don't know. It was a bit of a stretch. All of a sudden, Ella Cool J is like, I got to work with you now. And like, he was like so into it all of a sudden. Doesn't seem like that much oh, he would have heat. changed. Come on, he had heat. He did have heat, I guess. I guess that's enough. Um, I just didn't believe any of it. I mean, it, it was it, a subplot that didn't matter. Yeah. Basically, it was just there to have a little bit of, it, it was giving a reason to have, uh, BJ John Barron, basically a reason to be in the movie right. is, is most of what it is because he comes in and he gives uh, De Niro like one tip. And yeah, and of next, course. And it's like, oh, you're training me now. Uh, <laughs> even though the guy he was a football coach didn't know anything about boxing. <laughs> oh, he does say he boxed a little bit, so yeah. I guess he does know something about boxing. Um, but then yeah, like kid is just like a degenerate, and he ends up like losing his grandson momentarily, and then because he's out, you know, fooling around with a girl, and then. There's all this stuff with uh, Stallone and Kim Basinger reconnecting, and yeah, that, uh, it, it, I know you think that there's a germ of a movie there. 
uh, maybe it's just I'm not a huge Kim Basinger fan. I no, I I just don't believe their backstory. I don't believe their backstory. I don't care. See, well, and that, that's why I could only judge this movie based on the comedy because I agree I didn't care. But I feel like there you shift things like ten degrees, and that whole story works for me. And all, all I needed to do because like nothing, none of the timeline makes sense to me. Like we learn all this backstory about like in the eighties, um, there there was two fights like you said, and uh, kid wins the first fight. Yep. I think handily. Wins no, the first it, fight. it's it it goes to the final round. I think I think the other one the, it's it's. Razor wins handily in like the okay. fourth round is what it is. I'm pretty sure. No, you're probably right because he says, uh, <laughs> Kid says, I wasn't ready for that fight. And yeah. Razor knows that I wasn't ready for that fight. And so, but the story is that the time that Razor lost the fight, it was because he was messed up because Kim Basinger left him. But it's because I guess he didn't talk to her for a year. And like, he was so busy training. He's like, oh, I was so focused on winning the title. I just, she's like, I try, I kept reaching out to you. He was off somewhere training in the, you know, in isolation. And she kept trying to call him and stuff. Maybe and he was chopping wood in Russia. I, possibly, but for a year, here's, here's the thing about <laughs> it's a the, lot of wood. It's a, it's a lot of wood. A whole year's worth of wood. Maybe and, he made it all the way up to that mountain and it took him a long time to sure. figure his way back down. <laughs> well, <laughs> here's the thing. Excuse me. Here's the thing. If that had been, if it, if, Take that year and take it down to like a month and say like, I, you were gone for a month and I couldn't reach you and you know, I was, you know, I missed you or whatever. And so I went to surprise you and, um, like, I guess at the end of the day, cause then there's this whole thing about like, well, was, there was another girl. He's like, I didn't even know her. And we never learned anything more about who that girl was. She's like, I, he, she, she saw him with another woman, but nothing happened. She went up to surprise him somewhere, wherever he was training. Yeah. Well, yeah. But nothing happened apparently. And it was just like, why is that the story? Why isn't it that it should have been about. Like, the other girl should have been boxing, right? So, like, he left her for boxing. That's a story that makes sense. And then this is happening again where it's like they're reconnecting and suddenly here's a chance to make a lot of money boxing. And she's like, you're doing it again, right? It, that's the story that works for me. And that's not the story they do at all. It's all And, and then, like, the, the timeline doesn't make sense because, like, you would think this would be the second fight. Because, like, the first fight he loses because she leaves him. And then he's like, I'm going to win the title and then retire to screw over De Niro, it's like what? That doesn't really make sense. It's like if you, if if she ruined boxing for you, you wouldn't have done that second fight. It would have made sense if it was Flip, and he lost the second fight. If Stallone's character lost the second fight, and then there's all this stuff about like, oh, I was mad at you, so I slept with Kid. It's like I didn't believe that either because it's like he didn't talk to you for a year. Like, obviously, we know from watching this movie that he does he did care about her because he was. It, hurt him so much that he like couldn't bear to talk to her or whatever and he was done with boxing but like nine hundred ninety nine thousand times out of a million if a guy isn't talking to a girl for a year he's not interested and he's not gonna give a shit if she goes and sleeps with another guy right so why would she think that that doesn't make sense to me she goes i'm gonna really hurt him because he didn't talk to me for a year and so i'm gonna sleep with his worst enemy it's like and also like was he was De Niro his worst enemy at the time like I guess they already didn't like each other even before he slept with his girl already. Yeah, I guess you the the movie definitely pushes you to believe that. Whether or not so. that's plausible, I don't know. But then what's the actual story behind that animosity? If it already preexisted before he slept with Kim Basinger, then It's I, flimsy at best. It's all very flimsy. It, 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 I feel like I mean I I don't know. I guess they wanted to have this like next generation like the 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 son and the grandson around and you know, whose son is that? I mean, they could have made it Stallone's and he was just not in, he didn't know about them or whatever. I don't know. Just that whole thing. I just didn't, 
Yeah, I, I I agree. I didn't care because none of it seemed like plausible. No, I it to me it just it felt like well we we need some we need some family in this and and some connection that way and it feels like all three of those characters the son grandson and girlfriend slash you know yeah um were thrown in for for those reasons. And like you said, I think it, this movie doesn't know what it wants to be because it does feel like two movies going in parallel. There's like this very sincere love story going on and there's like no comedy in that at all. And then over here is Kevin Hart being silly and like barely, you know, I mean, he's not, I, I don't know. I, I like Kevin Hart generally. I think he's very material dependent. I don't think this movie has a lot of material for him, but you know, I've, I've seen him put in plenty of movies where I think, thought he was really good. Um, but he's not in the same movie as Kim Basinger is. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> that is true. Sorry. I mean, I don't really share scenes, so in many ways, he's not in the same movie. Right. I mean, yeah. <laughs> if they had that scene together, it would be jarring. It'd be like, oh, they should not exist together. They shouldn't <laughs> exist in the same movie. Wor- they are in- <laughs> worlds are colliding. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they really are just standing on opposite ends of this movie, like a, like a seesaw. Yeah, and what, just, a seesaw or like yeah, the barbells, right on on one end. Yeah, and the movie just teeters back and forth between the two extremes of super sincere and super wacky. So I don't know, didn't work for me. Did you anyway. buy? Did you buy the fight? The fight was okay. I mean, nothing. It, was it wasn't. Fine. It was fine. Like it wasn't like incredibly entertaining. It wasn't badly done. It was just like, you know, I didn't. I don't know how I feel about the ending. Like it was. I think this movie thinks it's so like, oh, how moving that uh, you know, De Niro's character picks Stallone up because oh he wasn't at his best. Is he had a bad eye? Because we didn't talk about that. He's, he, he's got a bad eye. Stallone's character's got a bad eye. And so he, he backs out momentarily, but then he decides to do it anyway. It's like, this movie's going in circles. Um, but yeah, he's like, he knocks him down. And he's like, oh, but I hit him on the side. He was blind. And so I didn't really beat him at his best. So I'm going to pick him up. And then Stallone knocks De Niro down. And the same thing, I'm going to pick him up. Where it's like, well, De Niro was at his best. Why are you picking him up? Like, <laughs> I mean, he ends up winning anyway. And he wins by split decision. It's like, I, you know... It was at least interesting. It was at least something, you know, not just like it ended in a knockout. One guy beat the other guy. And at least at least they didn't, you know, chicken out and have it be like a draw or something. Like they actually had they Stallone beat De Niro. Oh, and, so they didn't do a Rocky two where they both collapse at the same time yeah. and who can get up first? Yeah. They, they, God, they, I hate that. Really? I know you don't. I just hate that. It is like, you know, it's it's trying Rocky two is entirely trying to make plausible the implausible that this guy who is just this Random club fighter could become heavyweight champ. It's not very plausible at all. But, you know, yeah. These are two relatively equally matched guys, so they had to go down to a split decision. So, you know, as a sport, like it makes sense as the end of this particular type of sporting events. These two old guys. Um, you know, I don't know. It, it at least was some kind of twist. Uh, I was I, I I thought it was fine overall. It, wasn't it was fine, yeah. Anything necessarily memorable, bad or good. I shouldn't say that. There, there, there were a couple of moments in my notes, um, really more before the fight uh, than during the actual fight. And yeah, the the picking up thing. I think it was trying to be. I, I it was trying to please everybody. I think, and I'm not sure it necessarily pleases anybody. Not that it's bad, but it's not good either. Trying to please everybody in the sense of in the outcome of the fight? Or? Yeah, and that, you know, everybody's learned something, and, you know, everybody's better off. Right. I, in some ways, in some ways, I wish they had just committed, if if Stallone had to be the winner and had to be the hero, then in some ways I'm like, maybe they should have committed more to just making Billy the Kid just more of an actual adversary and enemy. Yeah. And I feel like in the end, they don't. 
Yeah, I agree. I mean, I, I think uh, it would have been more fitting with the whole Jake LaMotta yeah. of it, you know, but um, <coughs> excuse me. Yeah, I, I think uh, ultimately it's like both of them are doing their best. And so it's just like we don't have someone particularly to root for. I guess, you know, that's sort of the idea of just like, uh, you decide who you want to root for. But like, yeah, clearly Stallone is a better human being than, than Daenerys well, character. the character. Well, yeah, well, yeah, that's what I meant. Um, you know, uh, kid leaves his grandson, you know, abandons his grandson in a bar playing quarters. <laughs> playing quarters. So, you know, it's like, that's, he's a bad guy. <laughs> at least it was his bar. Right. But we're supposed to like him at the end because he picked Stallone up. He decided punching him in his blind eye was not fair. That makes up for everything he did. Anyway, that's the movie. Yep, that's, that's the plot. So you, you ready uh, ready for a little technology? Sure, let's do it. It's already up in the cloud. What cloud? What cloud? That one I remember. <laughs> this is the segment of the show where we discuss... Uh, excuse me, this is a segment of the show where we discuss how changes in technology might have impacted the plot, plot outcome, or other aspects of the <laughs> get ready, Get ready for this to be the last, you know, whatever, seven, eight, nine episodes we have left, because that, that computer's packed up, so I don't know. I may have to find another solution to play it sounds, but um, I'll, I'll do what I can. But yeah, we, we, need the, we need the thing to get us into the next segment. We can't, we can't just be like, uh, what's next? <laughs> I'm I'm torn actually of getting saying like hey just can't you just put the file you know the file somehow on a phone or whatever and just play it but then at the same time I don't know I'm getting real entertainment <laughs> this is fine once in a while I did it once before and it was like you know ten twelve episodes ago can't be every episode I'll I'll come up with some solution all right so I don't have a ton but I do have a few do you have any on the technology side from six months ago I do not know. All right, well, my, my first was that uh, it, today, Nokia phones and Sports Center would most certainly not be the delivery method for the viral video that you, uh, <laughs> that you panned. Yeah. There, there's just no way today that if Sports Center is still on, I'm not sure that um, they would be covering a YouTube video of, of these two boxers. Well, I think we're supposed to believe that Sports Center, they're not, that's not driving the viral nature it's it's you know it's a lagging indicator they're coming in at the end being like oh this thing's a big viral sensation i guess we should talk about it on sports center well it certainly wouldn't be on a nokia phone because i'm not sure those are made anymore no uh, i'm pretty sure that's not true I, I i wonder if that was it had to be a sponsor right or uh, uh no they were definitely made in 2013 those those were absolutely uh no but i'm saying this product placement this oh movie, right? yeah without yeah. a doubt without a doubt uh, it can't be like, you know, it's like how James Bond is always using Sony stuff. Yes. <laughs> surprise, surprise, they're using Sony stuff, yeah. right? Uh, and then I also had that for one of the promotional stunts that I'm sure we'll talk about for uh, Target and Ben Gay, that photo shoot would not be in an airplane, uh, a, a guy just like holding a camcorder is what I think it was. I think a drone would be used today for, for the filming of that. Oh, I forgot about that commercial. Yeah, that, that very much shades of Rocky too again. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. I am Smeal mainly. It's it's again. It's it's a deodorant, right? I think so. When I go out on the town, I splash it on. See, that's the thing. I remember almost. I remember most of that scene from Rocky Two. I haven't seen. I haven't watched that movie in years since we covered it three years ago. Whatever, two years ago. Really? I thought you watched Rocky like. I haven't watched Rocky Two in a while. Okay, it's not my favorite, but I, I well, watched. You I, certainly defended it when I panned it. I like it. I just it's not my favorite. It's not the one I go to a lot, but. Um, 
Yeah, I, I watched uh, Grudge Match last night. I don't remember. I already forgot that scene even existed. Oh, well. Where he's, he goes to town about it, like, oh, gambling's real bad. He shouldn't. Or, or, oh, or, uh, no, don't, because you're taking, I don't have many notes. That's that's in my notes. Oh, that's, that's, that's a different. It's uh, a different commercial. Okay, okay. I was just saying the, the parachute that they have oh, to right, jump down the into the target, which is really, really not well thought out. There's <laughs> no. just like a guy with a smartphone in the plane as they're jumping out. All I was saying is that today a drone would be used for that <laughs> I, did, I didn't notice that, yeah. Yes. No, they would have a, a guy drop with them and shoot it, you know. Probably. Like he's skydiving 100 feet or 1,000 feet, whatever, above them. I do have one thing about technology that just oh, occurs to me now, right. which is – and this is this movie is not the only movie guilty of this, but I feel like, especially about like video games, like I, f- I feel like most movies don't get motion capture rights. Like those suits, they always have these giant ping pong balls that are like they have like lights in them. It's like that's yeah, not how it how, works. how can they get that wrong when they literally have to like be you? I mean, I guess this movie doesn't this have effects. Yeah, not so. this movie. I, you I, think that they they have the technical advisors very readily available? They should not get something like that wrong. Uh, well, they did. Also, they're, the suits are green. I guess it doesn't matter what color it is, but it's like, why are the suits green? They're not on a green screen. It's motion capture. That's a different thing. I think I for feel like, comedic effect. Yeah, yeah. I guess. It, they're and trying it, to make them look silly, but it's like, yeah. real motion capture suits look just as silly. If you watch like behind the scenes of like Planet of the Apes movies, like the, the Andy Serkis ones, you know, put them in those things. Put them, you know, at least have it be, you know, I guess it's just because I see, I watch a lot of behind the scenes stuff. And it's like, that, that's not what motion capture suits look like. <laughs> Big ping pong balls. So what you're saying is they didn't have to go to the absurd level. It would have been funny enough just with the real motion capture. Well, not only that. I mean, this is my little details, but I guess since we're talking about this is a technology related thing, so I'll talk about it now. Um, I feel like the the movie completely missed the comedy of that scene. Like what they should have done because they just basically the two of them get in a fight in a motion capture stage and they're knocking over tables and stuff and food's flying and they're smashing TVs. The the way to make that scene funny is. Just show the motion capture guys. Don't oh. even don't even let us see what's happening between the real guys. Just that's in the background. That's actually what I found. It's in the, the most ba- most it's, entertaining. Yes, that's exactly right. So foreground that. Don't just put it in the background. <laughs> just be like, just zoom the camera in on the TV in the back. Well, of the two like CG guy, like versions of them. So what you're saying is, and you hear the off, real stuff on camera, and you have yeah, the audio, but just and just <laughs> maybe stuff flies in from out, out of frame. You know, like you know, popcorn flies in, but we're only seeing the one TV of their their doppelganger. <laughs> Yeah, because I, I that would have been hilarious. What did make me laugh most was seeing the actual punching and the movement. <laughs> that was the funniest part, but it's in the background. Like this movie doesn't understand why that scene's funny. Anyway, right, that, I don't have anything else for technology. So, all right, you ready? <laughs> you ready for the little detail? You're already laughing. That cardboard headstone tipped over. This this graveyard is obviously phony. That is an excellent, excellent rendition uh, from Ed Wood. Uh, this, uh, little details, a segment of the show where we discuss minutiae or little details that we found interesting from the movie. Yep. You, you want to start us off? Uh, well, I already touched on some of the dated comedy, but um, this movie starts off right on the top talking about Tanya Harding and Nancy Kerrigan, as if they were still relevant in 2013. 13, that's 10 years later. It's funny, because it was the whole thing is just like, there's great, rival, Wait, great rivalries. It's not, no, it's not 10, it's 20 years 20 later. years, yeah. Yeah, yeah 93. Because it's, it starts off with like, in all the years of sports, there's always been great rivalries. You know, like, Ali Frazier, uh, Magic Bird, Tanya Harding versus Nancy Kerrigan. And I'm watching going like, first of all, that's this is such a dated thing. Second of all, if it was really one of the great sports rivalries, we wouldn't have to say their full names. <laughs> you know? <laughs> Frazier Ali, Magic and Bird, Tanya Harding, and Nancy Kerrigan. It's like, 
no. I mean, it's just whoever wrote this thought that that thing, that whole like scenario was still hilarious. Remember well, them? Eh, just, oh, I, I, that put me off in my back foot immediately. Speaking of dated, dated, I don't know, comedic references, you're probably going to not be happy with me, but I've got to admit, I could have used a little bit more of <laughs> De Niro with his comedy performance at his club knocked out. I agree. <laughs> Actually, it, was it not, wasn't good, but it was fun bad. It was fun bad. Well, we, we get like one punchline. We don't even hear the setup, but it was also, it was, you, you understood what the joke was because he's just like, because it, it, what is it? It's just like, it, 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 uh, it has, it, it's got a real good punch, but it goes down easy. It's like, I understand what the setup of that joke is. You don't even have to give, tell the setup. He's comparing booze to, uh, to Razor, right? That's, but, but the, his handling of the hecklers in the audience was, to me, it was one of the, some of the best stuff in the movie. And again, some of that's kind of mean spirited, but I, I, he's, he's unlikable, so yes. it just doesn't matter. And you know what's so bad? <laughs> I just like that puppet. <laughs> that puppet was kind of awesome. awesome too, yes. I just imagine, I don't, who, who is down there operating the puppet? How much does that guy make? Uh, so it's I half the show. You should be. I hope he gets a good cut. <laughs> at least, at least for me, knocked out. I could have used not a lot more, but I could have used maybe a minute or two more of. Maybe you know what I could have used? I could have used another one of those. Like I could have used another one of his performances at his club after like the fight is announced. I could have used another one, and I'm sure they could have wrote some other good stuff for him. So not necessarily maybe you know that. Same night performance, but I could have used a later performance uh, yeah. with Tamiro and that puppet. I think would have been good. Yeah, I'm surprised they didn't do that. They could have gone back to that. Okay, well, my next one I probably should have brought up in technology actually because uh, I, my my notes I didn't fully organize, so I, I would have put this in technology if I <laughs> if I uh, had done my due diligence. But um, the CGI face replacement, which is all the rage now, and uh, oh yeah, and um, Hollywood. Speaking of some things we were talking about earlier, Star Wars, certainly the Marvel Cinematic Universe, etc. Yeah. Yes, Disney loves this stuff, and you know, kudos to them for trying. Kudos to Grudge Match for using that. We did say, oh, there's not really any effects in this movie, but actually there are, and it's these, this de aging at the beginning, and they did a pretty good job on De Niro. I thought, boy, Stallone, like, there's just there, go get some Rocky footage. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Like, you know, you have a lot of footage to use. And he didn't look anything like 80 Sylvester Stallone. It looked like James Caan. <laughs> I didn't. I was watching the movie. The first, I remember this is months ago now, but I remember first time watching this movie going like, who is that supposed to be? Is that supposed to be Stallone? Like, what? I didn't actually believe it. I was is like, is that not- James Caan fighting Carlo in an alley? What's going on? Yeah. I, I, I um, yeah, <laughs> I did not uh, buy it at all. Um, whatever they did what they could. It was 2013, and this movie is not exactly you know a blockbuster. I mean, grant the 40 million dollars is not nothing, but it's not nothing. But you're right; they probably spent most of that 40 million on Stallone and De Niro, so they didn't have enough left to get uh, young Robert Downey Jr. Look, looking. Yeah. All right. So what's my next one here? Uh, I, so. <laughs> I, I guess maybe I'll go to the, the press conference. I, I, I don't have any of the specific jokes, uh, but I, I have here in my notes that it kind of rem- reminded me. I don't know if I, maybe I've seen it lately, but it reminded me of 
the the Q and A from Happy Gilmore at like his first tournament when Shooter is just getting like annoyed, like the press is just like badgering him, asking him. I was too busy winning, and I didn't notice where he finished. What did he finish? Oh yeah, dead last. Yeah, I kind of that was the kind of the vibe. I mean, they were just relentless. They were yeah in that first press conference. Was, I mean, the life alert. I didn't remember, but they were really badgering Dante and and the boxers. I did. I have a list of lines that I thought were funny, and one of them is from their. Um, and it was just, it was more Kevin Hart's delivery. So credit to him where one of the guys is just like, is this fight a joke? He's just like, no, next question. <laughs> like almost like that's funnier than most of the jokes they wrote just because it's just so, he's so annoyed. No, next question. Uh, all right. So sorry. You're, you're up next. Okay. Well, this movie in the, at the beginning when it's giving us the backstory, thanks to Jim Lampley from HBO, uh, we get a montage of magazine covers. You know how much I love these. Oh, wait a minute. Hold on. It's two notes down. I am expecting Keen to take us through. <laughs> oh, no. It's a different one. I, uh, sorry. I, well, oh, what else do I need to take? Because I'm not sure I, I have anything else. I, okay. Well, I was expecting you to take us through the no tickets, no money, no fight sequence oh, and lock No, that, I did not. Okay. I, I, my eyes glazed over on that. I just did not. <laughs> I mean, that, that whole sequence seemed ad-libbed where... You think that Niro's going like no tickets, no money, no fight, no fight, no tickets, no money, and then I sorry, well, because off camera Stallone has a line where he's just like, I think he covered it all. And it, it seemed so offhand that I didn't. think... Well, that's the reason why I thought you for sure would have gone through oh, and traced he, the entire logic. That's true. I should have. Did he cover every permutation? Yeah, I think he did. I, I agree with Stallone. Sorry. I trust Stallone to do that work for yeah, me. Right. If he says he covered it all, then he did. Um, no, all the magazine covers from the 80s that give the backstory. So right. uh, first, we've got Sports Illustrated, September 1982. The best and the baddest, light heavyweight Henry Razor Sharp. Um, this is where my note, because it's the first time we learned his name is Razor Sharp, and I was just like, oh my god. Is that name? <laughs> that's where, the Stallone that's where my note is, yeah. And then Us Magazine, May 2nd, 1982. Razor, a revealing look at boxing champ Henry Sharp. And then uh, there's there's a couple of other stories here. Memories of Natalie Wood. Um, <laughs> it's just like, I'm sure this is a real Us Magazine. They just changed the headline in the, in the picture. But yeah, like, <laughs> is Cliff Booth anywhere to be seen? <laughs> That's exactly right. Uh, behind Billy Joel's curtain, and give me a break, sassy Nell Carter, <laughs> which I knew you'd appreciate. <laughs> oh, well, good, good catches! All yeah. right, so I actually I, there's more. There's oh, plenty, sorry, there's, okay, keep there's going. Plenty more magazines. <laughs> Don't jump the gun here. Sorry. Rolling Stone, May thirteenth, nineteen eighty two. Kid McDonough, Life Inside the Ring, and then the other stories are Rock and Roll Reunion, Nuclear Freeze, and War in Guatemala. Then there's the Sunday Times Magazine, May seventeenth, nineteen eighty two. Where uh, Kid McDonough is photographed with Liz Taylor, which is the, they just took a real photo. Liz Taylor. And, and so the, I found the real magazine cover, and the real headline is "We've taken Hollywood." Taylor, De Niro, and sixty other stars in the picture you must see. What but, movie was it? I don't think it's about a movie. It's like they took oh, a photo of like sixty. Picture, you, geez, okay. a, they took a picture of like sixty. I, I guess at the yeah. time, up and coming, quote unquote, stars. We've taken Hollywood. It's like De Niro's been around a long time at this point. Eighty <laughs> two. I yes. guess he hadn't because he came from like the indie world, so maybe it's just like oh, he all these. Did, but I mean, a taxi driver was indie world or not was yeah. And Liz Taylor is you know, taken Hollywood. Like we're <laughs> taken from where? We're in, she's she's like <laughs> inherently Hollywood. Yes. Uh, okay. Anyway, people Ma People Weekly, 
Uh, and it's just a photo of De Niro and Farrah Fawcett on a red carpet, which is again, it's like, with this boxer, <laughs> you're just taking real photos of De Niro. It's right. like, come on. For the most part, like, there's, there's a lot of text. I didn't write it all down, but it's like, they did a good job actually writing real text to make it seem plausible, but some of the photos they chose for De Niro in particular, I'm just like, well, why'd you choose this photo? And then finally, Ring Magazine, May 1982, Dante Slate, the maestro of the ring, and that's the picture of, uh, Kevin Hart's character's father. Um, and that's yeah, the last one. All right. So I have actually this. This could have almost been in my history section, but because I only go back to the month, not necessarily uh, this. You know, the entire year. I, I did notice only because I saw this on a, a documentary on Netflix. Otherwise, I wouldn't have known about this. Uh, Pappygate. You know what Pappygate is? No, what's that? So it was like uh, it was. It's actually a documentary you might like because it's about famous heists and uh, Pappygate, the Buffalo Trace uh, whiskey. Uh, there was a huge scandal. Basically, so much of it was being stolen from the the warehouse, you know, down in Kentucky because it, uh, whiskey, wound up, bourbon, became extremely valuable in in and around this time, in like the just after the financial crisis, like. Um, Art and some other non-traditional assets hmm. became, um, you know, like collector's items. Okay. And because bourbon takes so long uh, to ferment and, you know, in age, yeah. there was an incredible amount of demand. Bourbon became, you know, the hip popular drink. And I don't remember if it was because of Mad Men and Old Fashions, whatever it was around that time. Well, demand greatly outstrips supply. Capitalism and markets do what they do, right? <laughs> and so the people who were working out there uh, in Pappygate, and they were just, you know, warehouse drivers and, you know, whatever down in Kentucky. Mm. They're like, people will pay what, you know, on eBay for this stuff? And so I, you know, I, I laugh because as somewhere in one of the early scenes, uh, De Niro is the, the bartender, you know, guy that kind of, you know, he has a few scenes with them that he works with them. They're doing like an inventory or whatever, and they're having a conversation. And Buffalo Trace is actually in there. And so I kind of jumped to the conclusion Billy the Kid seems like the guy who probably would have bought some of the stolen black market stuff. Oh, it so. was this one particular Buffalo Trace was the, the yeah, one. Yeah, it, it was like Pappy's something. It was hmm. uh, all of the whisk, all of the bourbon was more valuable, but whatever Pappy's reserve was so few of it, it was. It, it, so maybe he, he got in before the the. He, price he may price. have just. It was more because I, I remember. I'm like, I think this was also around that time, meaning like twenty around 2012, 2013 yeah. is when the stuff was being stolen. So I'm like, he probably bought the stolen good on eBay. Yeah, I wouldn't so, be surprised. Anyway, sorry. Oh, for it was, the it was on eBay. It wasn't like some kind of like underground like organized crime doing it. Just, the guys just took it out off the, a truck and no, sold it, it on eBay. It literally was guys that worked like in the warehouse, right. and they and they weren't just like first they just it was easy to just take bottles right because they have displays and you just maybe you lift a case and it's like anything you take one you don't get caught yeah well now we'll take a case and so actually what they started they were just stealing entire barrels and <laughs> oh, selling wow. like entire barrels you wow. know so and, and eventually right the bigger the thing eventually of course they get caught yeah um but the i i think the first of actual the, the pappy's reserve or whatever it was the first ones when they realize how to steal it is that somewhere i think within not in the warehouse, but I think they had you know somewhere where they had like a display of a collection of sort of like in a vineyard, right? You'd have bottles from each year that you manufactured. Right. 
They looked over and said, oh, I can just, like, walk. Literally, this stuff is worth, like, five five or ten grand a bottle is what it was selling for. And they're like, it's sitting there. It's not locked up. It literally is just, it's sitting on a shelf. They're like, nobody's going to notice this. <laughs> just, like, stole them right there. Wow. And then escalated, you know, from, from there. I had so, not heard about that. I, I hadn't either until the, the I, I think it was called Heist. There were, like, f- I think three or four. Uh, you know, one was an armored armored truck in Vegas. Uh, there was that, that Buffalo Buffalo Trace one, and there was another one. It would be right up your alley. I know you don't necessarily like true crime. I don't either, but I know you enjoy at least heist movies. They they were all outrageously interesting stories. What's that so, on? It was on Netflix. Oh, okay. I'll yeah. check it out. And I think it was either three or four, and they were like 40 minutes, so it's not a huge. huge sure, yeah. Suck, so. No, it sounds interesting. Anyway, it was right around the same time. So And, and the, he had Buffalo Trace. He didn't have the Pappy's Reserve or whatever, but he had Buffalo Trace. So. <laughs> no, he seems like the kind of guy who would get in some dirty stuff, so I'd, right. I'd believe it. All right. Uh, okay. Can we talk about the, the whole parachute thing? We touched on it earlier. Oh, the, Target? The, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Target and Ben Gay and all this stuff. Um, which... I, I'm sure a lot of that is just this movie needed to make its money. Oh, so, yes. So I'm not sure why Target thought that this product placement was valuable for them, by the way. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe, maybe they were too busy worried about stuff like this, and that's the reason why all that credit card data got stolen. I'm sure. Yeah, maybe. Well, I'm sure it's one of those things where the producers are looking at the script being like, where do we have opportunities for product placement? Oh, hey, there's a scene where they jump out of a, a plane and there's a target on the ground. That's not the only one, though. Did you notice there's another one? No, where? So the, there's a scene, and we really didn't touch on uh, BJ and John Barenthal really at all, but there's a scene where uh, they they have in like a diner, you know, they, they, they want to have, not a heart-to-heart, but... Barenthal wants to reveal, like, you know, why he's hanging around, basically. Yeah, all all the dirty laundry's coming out, and they're yeah. talking about it, yeah. Well, there, at least to me, obviously, if you missed it, I guess not, but to me, very clearly, like, in the window, right center frame, <laughs> yeah. is a Target tractor trailer. <laughs> I'm like, oh, come on. I might not have noticed it, only because we watched, I watched it three or four times, Yeah. and my second time through, I, you know, later on in the movie, you'll see this, yeah, Target Ben Gay, you know, stunt. So my second time through, I'm like, oh, my, this Target, you just, you got greedy and you wanted two for one on your product placement because you're literally in the background in this diner scene. So, well, but again, it's, it's probably a producer being like, well, we can put a truck in the background of this scene. Who wants it? And Target says, I'll take that too. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, I just wanted to talk about how this like physical comedy, I really, it drove me crazy. It was so bad because here's the thing. Like, you know, I, I know you've talked about how like you're not a big fan of physical comedy and pratfalls and things like. No, it's 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 and generally I I tend to agree. Although I I can be I can be won over like you know Three Stooges I can take it or leave it. But it's like I I do appreciate it. But here's the thing: the reason why the Three Stooges are fu- is funny is because they're doing a very mundane task, and because they're Stooges, because they're such imbeciles, they're making it dangerous. There's nothing. There's nothing funny about. Guys Real jumping danger. out of a plane, doing an actual dangerous thing, and then hurting themselves. Like, really, why is that funny? Really old guys, too. I mean, this, this they're right. not even like peak. I, right. I mean, my note on this is the Target promotion seems quite dangerous for two old boxers. And I can't figure out what is Target getting out of this? I don't know. What is the fight getting out of it? I guess because uh, really it's the MMA thing that gets the sells all the tickets. Like This yes. thing doesn't really do anything. I guess at the end of the day... My big, uh, I have a real problem with a lot of the comedy in this movie because it feels so cynical, and that's one of those things where it's like, ah, ha, ha, watch these old guys fall. It's like, I, I, you know, that's not funny. 
And, and that's it. the whole montage of people watching like the the viral video on their phones of just like, oh, look at these guys fighting and falling. Is this because you're getting older? I mean, maybe it could be. I'm not going to deny it. Twenty <laughs> year old, you probably would be yeah. completely okay. This with is this. not funny. This is not okay. <laughs> Making fun of the elderly. How dare they? <laughs> <laughs> it could be something. I don't that. think twenty-year-old Kevin says that. Well, but I just don't think it's funny. It's, it, I don't. Well, I don't believe that universally everyone would be looking at their phones and laughing. <laughs> there would be a percentage of people being like, "This is sad." Like these two old guys are just fighting, like just knocking stuff over, and just like they're, you know, I mean, granted, this is a comedy. They're not going to show those people. Maybe they're out there, and they're, they're, you just don't see them. You don't see them. Maybe the silent majority. Maybe yeah, they probably weren't the majority. But I don't know. There's, there's just felt some, something felt so cynical about the way this movie shows that stuff. Like you know, not just the way people are reacting to the viral, viral video, but the way the movie expects us to react from watching two old guys slam into a truck after jumping out of a plane and you know not being able to control their parachutes. It's like that's just. <laughs> of course, that happened. This is an inherently dangerous thing. Well, then you'll probably be mad at me because uh, for what I found to be probably the funniest scene in the movie, I already know. I don't think you find it that funny. Well, we'll see. Uh, the the casino commercial promotion me. Maybe it's the performances. I loved you know the bad like steak video in the background, but then I think probably what made it for me, I've got here to, to remind me so I wouldn't forget, is Stallone mouthing the words to what De Niro is, <laughs> De Niro's I lines. I did like that. <laughs> Stallone I, mouthing the words was gold to yeah. me. And I did. I liked them introducing each other like, hey, kid, Dutano, two, right. one-time heavy, light heavyweight champion <laughs> of the world. It's so wooden and so awesome. Yeah, that was funny. I mean, it's, it's funny for the same reasons that Rocky, the Rocky two scene is funny or it's yeah. just, they're just, they're really bad at it. You'd think kid would be better. Like this is kind of his. It doesn't isn't. He's I mean, already he, a pitch he is, man. He's a. I mean, he for Jokic. <laughs> he skipped over that. And he, and he does. He thinks that's hilarious. He, he puts up a performance, right? I mean, he, I don't know if it's weekly or nightly or whatever right. his comedy yeah. show. You would think he's better. You, he would, but he, I'm glad that they. I'm glad. I'm glad it's in there. So. No, I thought it was funny. I mean, you know, I, it it fits with uh, how much you love old like local commercials and stuff yeah. like that. Like, yeah, it's obviously right up your alley. Well, uh, let me get to the stuff that I found funny then, because this is next on my list. This stuff that made me laugh. So I'll give the movie credit where it's due. I did like Alan Arkin at the beginning. He's still in the nursing home or, or you know whatever the the facility. Um, I don't know if it was a nursing home or what, but and someone's like, "Oh, your nurse is here." He wants, or you know, Alan Arkin's like, "I want two sleeping pills." Blah blah blah. And Stone's like, "It's ten a.m." Well, then I want four. <laughs> I don't know. That made me laugh. Um, all these jokes, though, they always go too far because then it's just like he's just like, ah, I want to dream about all the hookers that we would have. It's like you could have stopped at the joke. He's like, that's not a joke. Like, stop at the joke. You had a good joke. Stop. You know, go out on a high note. Oh, the hookers showmanship. Yeah, this movie has no showmanship. It keeps going way too far and gets keeps getting greedy. Um, okay, Stallone uh, has a line talking to Kevin Hart where he says, "Looks, I'd take you down a peg, but it looks like someone beat me to it." <laughs> Just like as short jokes go, I, I enjoyed that. I mean, the, I think the Hart and Alan Arkin stuff is probably the most consistently funny stuff in the movie. Alan Arkin is? Though, I think Arkin and Kevin oh, Hart, Hart. They're yeah. most of the stuff between them and them in general are the, are are the most consistent in terms of the. Well, I'll get to the next at the MMA fight. Kid and um, and Razor go down and and get in trouble. Meanwhile. The two of them, Kevin Hart and Alan Arkin, are, are together. And they had a lot of funny stuff there where yeah. um, Alan Arkin calls him Webster, another timely 2013 <laughs> reference. And Kevin Hart has a good comeback where he's like, I, I'm going to assume I'm going to choose to believe <laughs> that you, you called me that because of my dictionary-like vocabulary, not because of my height and race. 
But then the movie keeps going. He's like, no, it's because you're short and black. It's like, <laughs> you could have stopped. Let Kevin Hart have the win. Yeah. You know? Um, but then the, actually the funniest, the, the, the part that made me laugh the most in that scene was when he turns off his, or takes out his hearing aid and Kevin Hart says something. I don't remember what he, what he says. And then Alarkin just gives him like a grin, just like, uh huh. Like, I'm not listening. And just Alarkin's expression just really made me laugh. He was really funny. Well, I, I'd like to stay on the MMA for a minute. Um, I have more stuff that made me oh, laugh. Right. I, let me give this movie some credit. Okay. Uh, I liked the, the grandson, uh, Trey. Um, and, uh, he, he doesn't want to be, a kid doesn't want to be called grandpa. He's like, call me kid. That's weird. Cause you're old. Like, <laughs> I thought that was a good line. Um, when Dante Slate calls a restaurant and the, the guy comes over to the table, very good day player. This guy, I thought he was really funny. He just has one line. He goes, um, you know, so uh, Dante Slate Jr. is on the phone for you. He's like, I'll call him back. No, he says it's very important. He says oh, yeah. it's mad important and that shit just got real. <laughs> yeah. And then I liked um, Kim Basinger. You better take it because it's mad important. <laughs> that was funny. And I liked uh, the final joke in the movie where Lightning gets confused about who won. It's like Lightning. That's what that yeah. wasn't. Okay. Uh, yeah, I, I have it in my notes Thank here, you. which is why I remembered. He's like, goddamn hearing aid. And then just the movie's over. So anyway. well, it wasn't over because there's credits. Oh, sorry, I, I saved my my the, the my favorite part for last. <laughs> my favorite, my favorite, yeah. There's yeah, there's Marvel esque credit scenes. That was weird too. Um, I put my favorite joke at the end, and then I almost missed it <laughs> when they're jumping out of the plane. I didn't like the Pratt fall at the end of the scene, but I did like Stallone throws De Niro out of the plane and just cut to De Niro falling and screaming, and just goes, "You jag off!" <laughs> and I don't know why, but that just really made me laugh. You jag off. I'll get you for this Batman <laughs> Yes, exactly. All right, so I, you know, what I had two things. That one here is a question: How exactly going to a monster truck rally and having two old boxers sing the national anthem? How is that promotion I don't for know. the fight? Okay, but the MMA. I, I realize it's not my thing. Maybe some of our listeners it is, but. Was I supposed to know who? Because they never say that guy's name. <laughs> no, they don't. And it really would have helped because I have no idea. I assume there's he's probably, somebody. There's a, I'm like, uh, but in 2013, that's the thing. Like, there's probably a few, like Brock Lesnar. You know, there's like maybe one or two names that I could, you know, that got big enough that I know who they are. Yeah. Well, that's, And that's on me. I, I realize that it's a sport that has a huge following and it's very successful. I'm not knocking it. But I'd say in 2013, it was still less known than it is today for sure they should have said who that guy was yeah, drop his name if it was the wwe i guarantee that the the marketing people from wwe would say no we need to have i mean like probably name and blazon on like everything it's like i need to know who this guy is because i don't know who he is well that's, that was the funny thing to me is like the is whole... this guy tough i mean i don't know maybe he was a terrible <laughs> mma fire maybe for all i know i don't know it's probably like you know in the script it just said insert mma celebrity here and then like, whoever was big yeah they assumed that the person would be big and then turned out to not get someone as big as they'd hoped but, but what was funny to me about that scene is he comes in like you think is the one of them either kid or razor is like uh oh, it seems kind of like wrestling to me it seems kind of scripted and he's like oh, you think it's wrestling oh, you think this is all scripted i'm like you're not you're kind of proving his point by coming in here and Wagging your finger at him like a wrestling you're spot. basically yes you're you're acting like you're, a professional wrestler might as right well now. Be the million dollar man. Yeah, I mean I'm just like you're not, you're really proving their point by getting coming down, a, here. getting in a limousine and just driving around. The block. Yeah, well, and, and the singing the national anthem, it's like there was no accompaniment. There was nothing on the the PA <laughs> it's playing. Just, it's just like here, you two just sing a cappella. It's like you wouldn't do that to a professional singer, let alone two boxers. It might as well be Enrico Palazzo. And two boxers, if it had been one of them, 
but they have to stay in key. They have to like it is <laughs> literally singers. You're, you're giving them the hardest possible task. Like, of course, again, it's it's one of those things where it's like, it's not funny that they're failing. Of course they're failing. Like, what in what scenario would they succeed at this? You did not set them up for success. No. You put them in a position to fail. All it did is make me feel bad for them. I wasn't laughing at them. That's the thing. That's what I'm talking about. Behind that, this, that this movie is, feels very cynical. Like, we're supposed to be laughing at them. Oh, they're so, so bad at this. Of course they're bad at it. So no, who would be good in that situation? Enrico, who would succeed? Enrico Palazzo. Yeah, well, that's the other thing. Is Another movie did that seem much better. Well, I was, what I was going to say is that given the right circumstances, that can be extremely yes. funny. <laughs> but the premise of that is he's disguised as an opera singer. It would make sense that they would send an opera singer out but to I, sing a cappella. Yeah, <laughs> it doesn't make sense. Are, who would send these two guys out? You are 100% correct. But the premise doesn't make sense. If nothing else, it just reminds me of the Enrico Palazzo. For a, right. If nothing else, I at least got a little chuckle of thinking of that. Let's just redo the scene that a, a better movie did, but also n- totally misunderstand what about the premise makes that funny. It's the fact that he's disguised and he's trying to pose as that's what's funny. It's not just uh, you know, here's if it was like here's uh, Frank Drebin, police squad lieutenants sing the national anthem. That scene wouldn't be funny. It would be less funny anyway. Uh, it, well, I th- that's the thing is, I actually still think it would be funny, less funny. Uh, this is a total sidebar, and you can cut it if, if you need to for time. But the the White Sox, uh, you know, series in the playoffs, it was the only game they won. I, I just I was texting back and forth because the the strike zone and the emphatic way that the <laughs> yeah. going strikes. I'm like, oh my god, Enrico Palazzo. I said, I know that Leslie Nielsen <laughs> is no longer with us, but oh yes, he is because he's behind home plate right Maybe now. Maybe it was a, a a police detective undercover trying to catch a exactly- hypnotized killer. I mean, he was ringing him up almost as bad as Leslie Nielsen. He break was, dancing after a strikeout? Just about. It was amazing. I'm like, oh my god, it's Enrico Palazzo. <laughs> That's great. So anyway, I'm sorry. Uh, so that was mine. You've, yeah, I have a few more. I don't, I don't know how many. No, I'm, I'm done. So go all ahead. right. So I had. Uh, did Did you happen to notice? And I this is probably circumstantial in me jumping a bit, but during the the training sequence, you've got um, Stallone. Pull in a, a tractor trailer. Did you did you notice that it was a uh, hold on? I got it. It was a Lincoln. Uh, no, no, no. Hold on. It was. Uh, I had it written down. The type of it. It, it was some sort of hawk. And oh, I, I, I don't. I don't remember if it was a road hawk or something like that. Oh, and I, I like to think that Lincoln Hawk. That was that was his his big rig that was getting pulled. Yeah, there by maybe Sloan. if we had our buttons, I would be playing Meet Me Halfway right now. See, that's <laughs> Meet I, Me Halfway. That one doesn't really. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not doing it justice. That, that's the thing is I I I know we don't have many of these left to do, but yeah, if you don't have the sounds and we we miss out on Meet Me Halfway, I'll come up with a solution. That's All the right. other thing is um, you know I, I think uh, not to go into too much about like uh, personal stuff, but you know I'm I more than likely we'll be moving relatively soon. So either we're going to have to cram these in and get them done because you know we're not we're not going to be like that far away, like thirty miles instead of two. So, you know, but hopefully we don't have to do this, like finish these over Skype. We're going to try to try to make well, sure these, the, we, we can get these done. Lots lot. I mean, that's how a lot of podcasts do it. So I don't think well, it's yeah, these, the end of the world, but these days Skype is so much better and like, you, right. maybe we'll have to resort to that. But anyway, point being that, uh, you know, on all aspects, we'll, have, we'll be coming up with a solution to these problems. Fair enough. All right. Uh, and probably my last one. 
the the uh, Michael Buffer's look to Kevin Hart when he's doing the intros and the zero percent financing plug <laughs> that McDonough gets like into his intro card was awesome. I didn't notice that. Oh, he looks over because he's like halfway through it. He realizes what he's reading. He's looking over at him. It's like, are you kidding me? <laughs> Open on Sundays with zero percent financing. That's on you, Buffer, for not reading your your card ahead of time. <laughs> he thinks he can be crusty. Hey, hey, hey. Uh, but a boom, but a bang. I'm out of So you're saying he did no rehearsal and didn't read the cards? I mean, that's probably about right for Michael Buffer. He probably doesn't. You know, I just need to go in. Tell me where it stands. Tell me what to say. Hand me the card two minutes before. I'll do Let's Ready to Rumble. Give me two names. But a boom, but a bang. I'm yeah, done. Yeah. Uh, all right. That that was really it. So let's uh, ready for Devil's Advocate. Sure. Let's do it. Uh, how does this one go? <laughs> uh, oh, wait. I'm going to ask you a bunch of questions. I'm gonna have you, yeah, I want you to answer them immediately. Burp, burp, burp. Bong, bong. The Devil's Advocate, the segment of the show where we've come up with questions for the other who tries to answer them as best they can. Yep. I've got some questions I'm probably going to skip because I don't care. Like, for instance, HBO, Jim Lampley's segment was bleeping kid when he was cursing up a storm. I'm like, this is HBO. Why is he bleeping him? But it's not really that good of a question because obviously this is a PG-13 movie. That's why he's bleeping. Uh, so let me find my re- first real question. Uh, da, da, da. Oh, and speaking of Jim Lampley at the beginning, um, I did think it was interesting. At the end of the fight, it's the HBO crew, except Max Kellerman is nowhere to be found. He he, he shows up for Rocky movies, but not for Grudge Match. <laughs> this, this is beneath Max Kellerman. Got Roy Jones, I think, is who yeah. the third guy is. Um, anyway, at the beginning, Lampley just starts tearing into Kid McDonough. I'm just like, I'm sure that he's bitter old man and just you know like he's wallowing in, in self-pity it's like why is he why is jim lampley only picking on kid mcdonough and saying he is a sad lonely man why isn't he giving razor the same treatment uh so what, is, I, what does he have against kid mcdonough i'm gonna i'm gonna do my best to answer this that that's what the segment of the show is i think the reason is is lampley he is a boxing fan so he has been to kid mcdonough's bar Okay. He's gone to his puppet show. Okay. And he's, he's seen firsthand how sad and, and pathetic he, he he's is. seen it. And, and how, I, fo- how, how, uh, I'll go a step further. Yeah. Okay. I'll go a step further. So he's seen the show and then he tries to interact with them and McKid zings him like he did the other people that were talking <laughs> on the show. And Lampley's like, all right, I've so, got a much bigger show than you. So guess what, <laughs> jerk store? I'll show you. Personal now. Yeah. Yeah. All right, so my question is not my first one is not on McDonough, it's on Razor. I'd like to know how did Razor lose his fortune? How did Razor lose his fortune? Yeah, because he made a bunch of money in boxing, and clearly he's on. I mean, he's working in a factory. You know, when we when we see him here, we actually didn't talk about. You know, yeah, the he loses his job. Or loses really. his job, and uh, but, oh, that's why he ends up taking the fight because he loses his job. That's the part I was missing. Yeah, yeah, yeah I was trying right. to remember. He, he gets There's laid something... off as well as some of the other guys that he worked with, and he sees that one guy at the diner who's yeah. up in the stands. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, I think, do you think it's th- the way, same way Rocky Balboa lost his fortune? <laughs> Are they that lazy? <laughs> no, I don't think it's that. I don't think it's some off-screen uh, crooked accountant was given power of attorney. Um, <laughs> no, I think. Because Jim Lampley does say something about, like, you know, how, just like many boxers, he squandered his fortune. Something to that effect. Like, it's kind of, it's a tossed off line. Like, hey, he lost his money. 
Um, so the movie doesn't care, but I, I think it's implied that, you know, he overspent and, you know, he, he doesn't seem like the kind of guy who would have an entourage. Like, quite the opposite. He seems like the kind of guy who was, like, self-isolating to prepare for a fight. <laughs> he, was, he left his girlfriend for a year, yes. Yeah, so I don't know what he spent his money on. but And he doesn't seem like someone who would have had expensive tastes at any point in his life, but he must have just blown through it somehow. I mean, he's you're right. He's making artwork out of scrap metal, so you're right. He does right. not seem like somebody who was buying motorcycles, jackets, and robots. <laughs> No, but I guess, yeah, maybe that's who uh, Rocky Balboa, who ended up buying Rocky's robot. <laughs> unclear how, well, I guess, uh, unclear when Razor lost his money, but maybe in 19... He bought Seiko? Yeah, maybe in 1990, Razor is still holding on to his money. If you presume they exist in the same world, which obviously can't be... Well, they're light heavyweights. Actually, it's possible, because both Razor and Kid are light heavyweights. Yeah. So meanwhile, while Rocky's winning the heavyweight championship, these guys are duking it out for the light heavyweights. So maybe he still had his money in 1990, he bought Rocky's mansion, and the, you know... He just moved right in like nothing's changed. <laughs> Housekeeper just like just thinks it's Rocky. Man, you look, you look a little nice. Different. All the doors, everything's set up for my height. This <laughs> right. is perfect. Yeah. All the pictures. I don't have to take any of the pictures down. <laughs> I don't know who this family is, but... I'm not sure about this goldfish and these turtles, but everything else is okay. <laughs> just pasting Kim Basinger's face over Adrian's face. <laughs> just losing his mind What's your... as he goes through all his money. What's your next question? Um, let's go back to that heckler that was heckling uh, De Niro. Her, her, her objection to the show is... It's been 30 years since those fights. Your shit's getting boring, she says. Implying that she's come to see multiple shows, and her, her criticism is about the overall trends of his act over time. So what kind of a heckler is this? I don't know if it's really a question, but... Okay, hold on. More of an observation. Being, being somebody who took pride in his younger years at being a well-prepared heckler, and I, I really was. I really did my research. I did my work. I put in my time. Sure. I actually I, I get annoyed when I go to sporting events and it, you know it's I, I by the way and you know this audience by now I'm never drunk I, I never was yeah. drunk because I don't drink and it pretty much always sporting events uh for what to heckle oh yeah it was it only I would never do it like live live shows and stuff and right really you shouldn't I know whatever it's being a jerk but and most of the times it was the opposing coaches some of which I don't feel bad about. Because in the old days of Conference USA in the Big East, there were some slimy coaches like Bob Huggins and Rick Pitino. I don't feel College bad basketball it. is slimy in general. Yes. College sports, period. Yeah, so I don't feel necessarily bad. There's some players that I probably shouldn't heckle the way I did. Whatever. So what I'm going to say, so your question is, I, your question is, who, who is this? Like, who, who, what kind of a heckler? What kind of a heckler? It's somebody who is really, really committed to their craft. Did her research. Is what did, did her research, right. Did her research. Probably has been to multiple shows, and that's the problem, is that she's getting frustrated that there's not any new material, really. To, you know, there's not other acts. It's still this probably just this same puppet, so sure. there's not even, you know, different versions of the puppet <laughs> to make fun of. Yeah. And I think what you're seeing is her frustration that I put in all this time, and it's so, not really paying off because he's a one-trick pony. So she's more, speaking of uh, my complicated uh, opinions about Star Wars, it's more like someone who was a fan and then over time the thing that she disillusioned, loved, yes. yes, she became disillusioned with. So I yes. guess she's, she's like a, a, a disgruntled Star Wars fan. <laughs> except <laughs> so now she pays to go to Echo. Yeah, instead of Star Wars, it's Kid McDonough and his puppet. <laughs> Pretty much the same kind of a thing. Yeah, they're Yoda's a puppet, right? That's true. Well, yeah. Used to be a puppet. Sure, Grogu is not a puppet. Uh, I think sometimes Grogu is really? a puppet. Yeah, I think so. I think it's a mix. I didn't know that. I guess 
I, I, I think so. Or it might even be. Speaking of all the, the, the robots we were talking about, the Boston Dynamics, I think it's actually a little robot that can like move around. It's got like a robot skeleton in there, I think, a little bit. Like oh. some, some shots. I guess Sometimes I, I think it's CG. I guess I just always assumed it was all CG, but that's probably not fair. I haven't read to actually do the research. No, I so. think it's a mix. All right. Okay, so let's see. Do I want to do that? Uh, no, I'm going to skip that. <coughs> okay, can, let me ask you this, and maybe this isn't devil's advocate. This might just be a factual question for you. But is there ever any explanation during the entire movie where Trey's mother is? No, I had that same question. Okay. <laughs> I beat you to it. Yeah, it's two, it's two two more down. Where is Trey's mom? Unanswerable. And there's no there's not no Oh, well, it's not addressed. Well, one 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 piece of dialogue. Yeah. I always love the thank you for smoking. No problem. We'll, we'll take great she, care of it. She died. She left us. She, Nothing. She does she's not interested in coming to the gym. She's at home. It doesn't Nothing. mean anything. Just just acknowledge that this child must have a mother. It's just it, to me it was weird. You know, it's fine yeah. that he has custody and seems to be a good dad. All that's fine. But well, it does seem like it should be addressed in some way, shape, or form. I think it's because Trey's mother is not part of the, you know, she, oh, I, she's not an offspring of one of these characters. Right. So There's no direct line. The movie isn't interested. She, she's in a dotted line, and she's, yeah, not yeah. interested in that. All right. That's, that, you're right. The movie does not care. Yeah. So it doesn't even, I, I, honestly, I'll bet the, it didn't even occur to the writers. It was just like, you'd, you'd think they would be like, we need to address it, but no. Um, All right. I got my next one. Sorry. All right. Uh, am I up? Yep, you're up. Okay, we already talked about why does Alan Arkin need this nursing home. Um, okay. I guess here's the question, because BJ seeks out a kid because he was recently told that kid is his father. He didn't know yes. up until then. Yep. Did he not... Did he was he told? Do you think that his his um, the the man who raised him is you know I mean stepfather? I think would be the, the the right term in this case. Was he told that that was his real father? And it was only when he died that he was like, no, that wasn't your father. Ooh, because I, I was trying to think of the scenario. I was like, why? I mean, I guess also because they be, these guys became viral, and it's like, well, you're all in the news, so I'm going to seek you out. But it, it, I think that he says like, oh, you know, my mom only told me a week ago. Uh, yeah. So what did he believe up until then? Did I. I took it and, and read it as is that they just didn't acknowledge kids' existence, and whoever she was married to, you know, was his stepfather, but wasn't acknowledged as a stepfather. Right. He believed that was his, his yeah, biological his father. biological father. Okay. And, That's kind of what I. The, the, the only thing that you don't know that the movie doesn't address or say is if there was, you know, if I I have no you know we have no idea what race ethnic you know we don't know what he looked like and it might have been right you know because. John Barron doesn't look like Kim Basinger, right? You know <laughs> they acknowledge that too, or doesn't uh, Stallone or someone's like, "Oh, you got you look like your mother," and he's and someone's like, "No, you don't." Yeah. Don't. So I again, you know, it's not like you have to look exactly like you know your parents. Sure. And it's a movie, like yeah. you got to cast actors who are yeah, not gonna, no, no, be, no. be actually related. You yes. Gotta just, I, it's a yeah, buy into it, you know. Yeah. Um. Yeah, because like um, and and there's like a brief idea of like. He's mad at his mother for not telling him, but then when he meets kid, it's just like, well, now I understand why, and like now I'm mad at you and not at her or whatever. Yeah, it's a lot of stuff that could have been dealt with, or just kind of swept under the rug. Because um, yeah, we don't. Other than he's, he, I, you get the sense that his his father, you know, the man who raised him, was a good man, and he they they had a good relationship. But beyond that, you don't learn anything about him. He's just the movie does not care. Similar, nope. similar to Trey's mother. Yeah, it's just like who cares? Don't worry about that. All right, what do you got? Uh, the next one, this is unfair because it's just a movie thing, but I, I said, how does Trey put the car in drive without being able to reach the brake? But whatever. Um, yeah, that's, I didn't think, well, I think it's, it's, it's a movie mistake. 
I think it's on the column. I, I think you still have to put. You have to hold down on really. Break. Even it's on the column. Yeah, I, I'm ninety nine percent sure. Modern cars you can't put into gear. Yeah. If right. if it was like you know like a nineteen fifties or six like a vintage car, I feel like even in the eighties you could like put you could move the gears, especially on the column. I feel like I'm remembering. Driving cars where you could, just, you could just move that gear doesn't matter what you're doing. I don't think so, but I don't know it. So that that, that was kind of unfair because it's just a movie thing because yeah. they want it for the comedy moment. Here's here <laughs> I think, but there was no comedy moment. I, <laughs> the car starts rolling. Oh, go ahead. Did I, did I jump the gun? No, you didn't because I'm I'm moving to my next question because well, really it was unfair. Fair one. There's this moment of just like oh no, he accidentally put the car in drive and I hit the brake, hit the brake, and then he does. He's the brake. Nothing happens. <laughs> well, the, no- the police show up. I guess so, but the police probably would have showed up no matter. I guess yeah, he rolled into the street or whatever. Yeah, that's the that's what drew the attention of the police. But yes. it's like, there's no punch. Like, why even have that moment? Oh no, they're gonna crash. They didn't. All right, this it's is more, anticlimactic. This is more of a legitimate devil's advocate question. That because that really was just like a movie setup. They do that with kids all the time. Of you know, kids driving. I yeah. Ironically, that was just in a movie. I think I just watched Talladega Nights the other day, and just, it was the same thing. There's no way he could have actually. I don't. They might have explained it though. He might have had a broom or something actually when he stole the car. Should have done it like Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom. How does a kid drive a car? And they cut to the, the, the close up of his foot, and he's got like a box tied to yeah. it. All right. Um, so here's a legitimate devil's advocate question: Were there any undercard fights for this HBO pay per view event, or did that whole crowd buy a ticket to see one boxing match that, in theory, could have been over in like two minutes? Uh, it didn't seem like there was an undercard. They, I don't think they ever showed the marquee. Or the, the, no, I don't think there is. That's so. I, yeah, you, I, your answer is these people all showed up. HBO did a pay per view. I'm spending sixty bucks or whatever it is yeah. for something that legitimately could have been over in like thirty seconds. I think that's kind of the problem with boxing as a sport because that does happen in real life. People pay money for a he fight. Lucius sweet at the yeah. round. <laughs> I mean, at the height of Mike Tyson, where he was just annihilating people in you know less than a minute. You know, like legitimate heavyweight t- title fights. But like, okay, you know, this guy's a real contender. And then fustigation aside, <laughs> oh, yes, Mike Tyson would go in and fustigate them. <laughs> Tyson would go in and fustigate them. So, I mean, that did happen a lot. I mean, I think that just a risk you take. I'm sure. Okay. I'm sure it's on the ticket. Like, it, you know, there's no guarantee that this. It just. Fight will I mean, because that arena is jam packed, and it's like this could be over in 30 seconds. Well, especially the, they may not, you know, they make a winded after a round and a half. You know what I mean? Like given their age, not even kidding. Like you to expect after Homer throwing a punch, <laughs> you'll go down from over punching. <laughs> Punching's not your thing. You're not that kind of fighter. Um, <laughs> I'm sure there was some kind of, uh, you know, maybe they had like a musical act as people were walking. That's in. it, kid. Just push him over. Push him over. Sorry, go ahead. I think that's a problem with with boxing and, pro- and with any kind of sport like that, where it's like could be over very quick. You know, it, you'd even, say that, but MMA that happens all the time that it's over very quick, but it's yeah. very very popular. So yeah. I guess, I, I, but there's just to me, like the MMA, there's not one fight on the card. There's no. ten, twelve, right? Yeah. Because if you're you know you're showing up before the fans can even get drunk, I mean that's. <laughs> Not really doing the venue justice. Well, but you know what? Now that you mention it, this isn't really like they're not they're not in contender in contention for any titles. They're just it's basically an exhibition fight. Like, are they? Are they? I guess it was sanctioned by the boxing commission or whatever. They it was must, sanctioned. It must have been. Well, no, it was because. But uh, like it, the Greek from the Wire, he oh, could get right. anything taken care of. That's where I knew him from. Yeah, yeah. he's in other stuff. He was actually in True Detective. He was, I mean, because he's done HBO stuff, but he's... No, it was, it was, it was he's uh, the liar that I recognize. Yeah, well, he's the commanding officer in the late stages of Marty Hart, you know, right when 
So early was Kevin Dunn oh, yeah, during yeah, the investigation, yeah. but the late years when they have their fight. It's, I forgot it's he was the in that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, um, I got to go back and rewatch that. That was so great. It's great, yeah. Uh, yeah, I haven't really watched it since it was on. Um, what was I going to say? Anyway, could have been important. You said that the, the fight was commi- had to have been commissioned. Oh, well, yeah. I, I feel like this has this fight has less in common with, like, Rocky... This is Rocky Balboa versus Mason the Lion Dixon. It's an exhibition fight. It's for charity or whatever. You know, it's good to do some good, whatever he says in, in Rocky Balboa. <laughs> you know, but it's like, it's not a real fight. It's an exhibition fight. So it, I think generally, you, I don't know if you have undercard fights because it's like, would you have an In under- an exhibition, I mean, there was yeah. no undercard for... Because it's not a real fight, right? It's not like a sanction. For it's not like a, a real sporting Drago event. Creed, right. It's not like a real sporting event, really. It doesn't well, have any Drago kind of Creed official thing. had James Brown, so I mean, they could have had at least a little more of a well, show. That's what I'm saying. They could have had a musical act, because yeah, it's much more like that. It's, it's a, it's a, I feel good. Maybe, uh, well, when did James Brown die? It was before that, right? <laughs> yeah, I think so. Well, that's too bad. Uh, I've only got probably one more question. How many do you have? Uh, I only have one more. All right, perfect. And I guess this, this kind of goes back to what I was saying, where the timeline doesn't make sense to me. The the backstory, the fact that that Razor lost the first fight, then came back, won the second fight. So we learn at the end when they're walking in that um, the records are uh, which one's which. Kid's record is forty one and one. Yes. And Razor's record is thirty three and one. And the only loss, obviously, is to, to each e- other. To each other. So by definition, one of them had to retire as champ. Possibly both of them. So I assume, I assume that Razor retired as champ. It had to have been, yeah, because Kid never he got, won the second fight, and then he immediately yeah he never he, he and then Kid never won it back. He never lost another fight, but he never won the title back. I guess maybe we don't know. We don't, but based on the number of you know fights that they had, they were pretty close, right? They weren't that far apart, only eight fights apart. Yeah. It's plausible that he might that Kid might not have fought again after that. I guess so. I guess, well, and also, Dino's older than Stallone. They're probably about the same age. I, yeah, right? I think they're about the same age. Okay. I just, I, I, I don't know. It's not really a question. I should, right. I should have skipped that, it. But it's just right. like one of those things where it's just like, uh, is that plausible? Just the movie just wanted to heighten the stakes. Like, they've only lost to each other. Like, really? <laughs> I agree. That's a stretch. That's All right, so my last question. Which do you think is worse for the dignity of boxing? Razor and Kid picking each, up, uh, picking each other up off the mat? Or Mo airlifting Homer out of the ring. <laughs> Worse for the dignity of boxing? <laughs> for the dignity of boxing. Literally, uh, Michael Buffer is literally flying out the ring. <laughs> well, because that, that, that was some of me I did not like the picking of. I thought that was pretty lame. It definitely doesn't work as well as the movie thinks it does. The movie thinks it's this touching thing. Yeah. It's not that. So is, is Homer being airlifted out of the ring by his trainer even worse? <laughs> I mean, if that really happened, that would be pretty amazing. I think, <laughs> I think, I think that would get a lot more attention on the sport. Did you see the boxing match the other day? A guy came in in a, f- a flying fan, whatever you call it. What are those things called? The fan man. The fan man, yeah. Picked them up and flew out of the, in, in violation of physics. <laughs> that was after the other, his opponent was conversing with Charlie Sheen and the ref had to break it up. <laughs> oh, break it up. <laughs> it up. Forgot about that. Uh, how, Boy, <coughs> excuse me. How did I not bring that up during Rocky Balboa when when uh, Mason Dixon has a moment with with Mike Tyson side ringside? I bring it up. Bring it up. You bring, it. bring it up. I forgot about Charlie Sheen. 
All right, sorry. So, that, so I don't think I don't think picking up your opponent is undignified necessarily. I just don't think it's quite as like moving and touching as this movie wants us. I don't to know. Be. I I think it is because look, if I'm a boxing fan. I no, that's not what I want to see. I came there. Right. If I'm a fan of boxing, which I'm not necessarily, I'm not of MMA either. Of you know, not whatever. I you know, seeing two people physically you know beating each other isn't my thing. But that's fine for who it is. If I paid money, that would, I, I don't know. It would be, I, I'm trying to think of the equivalent in like basketball. It's like, no, I came here to see somebody win, right? That, yeah. that I, I, to, to it, compete. It definitely undermines the result because the it's just like, yeah, kid basically won. Yes. He, if he hadn't picked up, because uh, he's the first one to pick up uh, yeah. Razor. Right. Razor was down. He was not getting up. Right. So whatever. I, yeah. It, it, it was somewhat of a joke, you know, facetious well, question on my part. It's one of those things where, do you remember, like, I don't know if this is necessarily the same thing, but like there was like a girl, it was girls basketball. I think it was college basketball. It was like the Division Two or something. It was like you know, not not like a, a a team that was competing for the national championship. But there was like a girl who was like two points away or one point away from like breaking her school's scoring record, and then she like broke her foot or whatever, and her season was over. Oh, and they and they let her go out and score a basket. Like the other team let her go out and score a basket, but then. The the team with the girl on it let the, the they let them you know also get a free basket to even things up. It's like okay, now we're gonna play for real. I don't know if that's necessarily quite the same thing, but it's like it's, it's one of those things where it's like you know what? Unfortunately, it it it, it that sort of thing cheapens the record in the yes. same way that this sort of, this cheapens. It's it, like it's terrible. You can't change what happened. You know what right. I mean? Like, they, hey, guess what? He had a bad eye, and you knocked him down, and you would have won the. F- that's what happened. And it just why I, why I, try to I, pretend like that's not the case? I thought you were going to reference one of my favorite sports moments when Ricky Dudley and now ah Ricky who was it? The Cleveland Cavaliers oh, yeah, who intentionally yeah, yeah. missed a breakaway dunk so he could get, get an a ex- rebound to get a triple double. Who was that? It was it was somebody on the Cavs. Yeah, it was the, definitely the Cavs. Oh boy, he was on my fantasy team that year, so I was actually not so so <laughs> upset about it. But I don't I don't remember who it was. I, it was just amazing to intentionally miss to get yourself an offensive rebound for a triple double. Yeah, he was one of those guys who um, it's stats and everything. Yeah, he didn't care about winning. <laughs> That reminds me, this is way off topic, but they just did the the, the NBA All-Star game was coming up, and so they did the draft. Now they do the draft where the captains pick their teams. Okay. And James Harden was not, he was, he was picked last. Like, he, nobody wanted him on the team. And uh, they're like, oh, you know, LeBron, because you know, LeBron's one of the captains. Like, well, LeBron, uh, you ended up with James Harden, even though he was the, the last pick. And he was like, I thought he was injured. I thought he wasn't going to play. And Charles Barkley is just like, oh, he just got traded. He'll play. He's not injured anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I was like that is that is the perfect summation of James Harden. Yeah, that guy on the Cavs was like that, where it's like he played and he felt like it. And he it's didn't true. Didn't really the, care. See, the thing is, I maybe it's just because I've made money on Harden. I, I don't have an issue with Harden. I love. <laughs> He's a much better player than who, what's his name from the Cavs. That's well, for sure. Well, well, yeah, and but what I I love there is a poetic justice that, in my view, that Ben Simmons and and Kyrie are going to be on the same team now because to me, both of them, I would not want to be my teammate. And I oh, that whole trade was people who don't want to be their teammates. <laughs> I mean, the fact that Harden was picked last. I mean, granted, the other captain was Russell Westbrook, so it's just like, okay, I see why he's not. He doesn't want Harden on his team. They can't stand each other. But anyway, <laughs> off topic. Anyway, I'm done with the with the, my question. All right, so now uh, it's time for the Silk Cozart Corner. It is. Uh, oh yeah. Oh, go oh, back yeah. to go back to SeaWorld. Oh, you you do the you do the the the, the line dialogue. Both go yo. Go back to SeaWorld. Here. <laughs> Wow. That was impressive. Thank 
Michael Winslow. Over here. I, I didn't realize this is an untapped talent that we need to be using in our podcast. Why do you think I took in all those Police Academy movies? I didn't hear anybody <laughs> laughing. Except for that noise guy. All right, sorry. So this is the segment of the show. Actually, no, you're supposed to do the intro for this one. I guess. This is the segment of the show where I take a deep dive into some piece of uh, trivia that the movie made me curious about, named in honor of Silk Cozart, the actor and eraser. Uh, and you're supposed to guess if I did it. I had six months plus to do it. Yeah, I'm going to guess. That's, my answer is no. You are <laughs> correct. <I did> not. <laughs> it has more to do with the movie than the amount of time I have. Like, I don't what's What is it about this movie that I want like, oh, I need to research this. Well, I would what? like I, I think I'm going to set a betting line for the listeners on Twitter. The over under <laughs> of how many Silk Cozarts you're going to actually do. I think I'm like 50 50 before the end of the show. Since, since I started picking and choosing which ones I do, I think I'm about 50 50. <laughs> you know, sometimes the movie makes me curious about something. I want to look this up. Either a movie thing or like, a, you know, a history See, the thing, thing is, I'm always I'm kind of looking forward to it because every once in a while I get a game show out of it. I never I, you know, it's only happened yeah. a couple of times, but I, I, I try to find opportunities, but um, <laughs> The, yeah, the other day, I was on an airplane, and I, Stitcher just pulled up, and I, I wasn't trying to listen, but it must have been the last time I was listening. I was actually listening to one of our episodes, and it was the, whatever the made-up game in Star Wars, that happened to be that <laughs> moment I was playing that yes. what, that was on in the airplane. It was, I, Sabacc- oh, it was from, from um, Oscar, that episode. Was, was, that, was it that? They had some, they, they played some game. Oh, some yeah, Italian the, the, game. The, yes. Um, uh, I don't remember the name of the game now. It's been a while. Oh. Anyway. Okay. Yeah, I, I, I uh, try to find opportunities, but sometimes there's nothing. All right. All right. Those are hard to put together. Uh, okay, so we're moving on to... Uh, Why we're here. The body count. The body count. Uh, In this movie, we only killed 48 people. Committed uh, last one, we killed 119. <laughs> So this is it. This is why we're here. Hopefully, do, do, do you have the spreadsheet for this? Oh, I don't. I think that's on the computer that's been put away, unfortunately. <laughs> But we can talk about this movie where the, the total is zero. Averages and things, tune in next time. It's derailing. Oh, wait, we, no, it is we, on the computer. We, we were so close. Wait, no, good news. It is on this computer, so real quick. Uh, okay, I'm going to cut Add a zero, <laughs> add a line. Yeah, there's nothing all, overall, right? I mean, I guess um, characters die off screen oh, during... The stepfather dying off screen does not count. No, it does not count. And also, like, when characters die of natural causes or just, like, because a lot of time has passed, we don't count <laughs> that. All right, so now... It wouldn't be fair for Arnold just to wait out, you know, the Predator or something and just have it die of right? <laughs> <laughs> I get credit for that one. <laughs> I'm, I'm very patient. Kick the mod until the Predator dies of natural causes. Give that body count to me. It was my patience that killed it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so now we've got a total of 49 movies. by Patience. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I remember when I was, like, tracking the number, like, the weapons and things? Yes. Just Patience. Just one kill from Patience. Anyway, this is now 49 movies we've covered. Uh, Stallone's total body count has not moved. It's still at a, a even 500 uh, across 49 movies. Or what is How many movies? <laughs> 49, yes. Average body count of 10.20. Arnold Schwarzenegger had an average body count of 14.39. Total body count of 547. So Stallone has made up no ground. Um, he's fallen behind, a little, you know, back a little bit on the average, but in terms of total. I think the numbers are shaking out where we thought about 10 movies ago is where they're ultimately going to shake out. It'll come down to one movie in particular. Rambo. Maybe, two, yeah. Yeah, maybe I'm picking it. We'll see, because oh. it's my pick. Okay, well, before we do that, let's move yes. on to the Wrecking Crew Award. 
da 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 Outstanding achievement in da 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 The field of explosion. They caused an explosion. <laughs> you were tense. I, I saw you were going to do something. I thought you were going to do. Uh, okay, I forgot that I put Peck in. There. That's right. I wanted to get the Walter Peck. Okay, well there we made a good team there. All right. So the Wrecking Crew Award. This is the segment of the show where we uh, give out our own awards. Sometimes to an inanimate object. Sometimes to a concept. Often to a character who wrecked the most shop in the movie. I've put no thought into this, so you go first. I'll come up with one. It's derailing. It's just, it's, the plane has flown into the mountain, Walter. It's not that bad. I'll, I'll come up with one. All okay. right. Well, it's good that I have, I have one. Okay. And I'm probably going to be convincing you. This also happens. I should put an over under. How many wrecking crew awards does Olsen convince Keen? Cause he didn't have one. <laughs> um, so mine is, uh, uh, Billy the kid. Here's the reason why he knocked out LL Cool J. He broke a couple of windows and had Stallone down on the mat until he picked him up. So in a movie where there was zero bodies, I think that there was a runaway. He he wrecked the most shop in the movie. That's true. I think that's a you know reasonable uh, reason why. You know what? I'm going to give it to Kim Basinger for wrecking everyone's lives by sleeping with kid. <laughs> what? She's a home wrecker. She wrecked her own relationship, but you know that's not fair. Why? You think it's not her fault? Yeah, because, yeah, because uh, well, she I, thought that I mean, she went up there and thought, uh, yeah, the razor, razor, razor was cheating on her. That's, that's fair. You're right. That's, that's not fair. Yeah, all right. I'm gonna even though I didn't like her as a character, <laughs> I'm gonna defend her. No, you're right. Um, all right. Well, in this case, okay. You know what? I'm gonna give it to Razor's uh, right eye because it was responsible for that car wreck. Ooh, I hadn't <laughs> thought about that. The Mustang really did get wrecked. Literally a wreck. So. That's true. That's. <laughs> Is his right eye? Is that the side? I think so. Um, yes, because it's the passenger side that gets T-boned. Yes. Because she, she's got a cut in her hairline, and there's like yeah, a yeah, joke yeah. about going bald or something. I'm like, that was a serious accident. I don't think there's anything funny about there's it. There's a lot of weird jokes like that of just like, why is it, Why are we joking about this? Um, anyway, yes. So, uh, yeah. All right. Well, so, you... <laughs> uh, razor Sharp's right eye. Okay. Congratulations. So as a, you know, sometimes it's an abstract concept. That is at least not an abstract concept. It's not inanimate. And it's not inanimate. It's part of a human body. It's part of a human being. All right. So, All right, so the last segment of the show, you ready for the Rocky rating? Yes. Oh, what are you doing? You're punching car accident victims. No, no, no. You don't understand. He was bad-mouthing my films. All right. The Rocky rating, the segment of the show where we rate the movie based on Rocky opponents from Apollo Creed. To Spider Rico. I have a feeling mine is going to be a higher rating. Probably. So I'm going to lead off. I'm going to lead off on a positive note. Okay. Uh, I put this, I went back and forth. I thought about a Clubber Lang, but in the end, it's a movie that didn't need to exist. There was enough entertainment where I don't feel, I, I didn't dread, especially had to, having to watch it four times to actually get this episode done. <laughs> None of them did I dread. Like, uh, I mean, the first time I thought this was going to be bad. But then when I did my, you know, the first through the second one, my notes, I wasn't dreading watching it a second time. And even the third one, I thought we were recording a couple of months ago and it failed to launch. Yeah. And just last night. So to me, that is like just a mediocre, <laughs> average movie, Mason the Line Dixon. Yeah. And I, I wouldn't seek it out. But if for some reason you told me that the equipment wasn't working and we <laughs> Court again in three months. <laughs> I wouldn't dread having to watch it again. Oh, see, if that had happened, if if this recording had failed, I'm not sure the podcast would have continued. I don't think it would have survived. I don't think I could have gone through this again. But it's serious? it's it's not a Spider Rico. There's some good stuff in it. 
sprinkled in some good performances. Tommy Gunn, huh? Yeah, I'm giving it a Tommy Gunn. Okay. I think uh, mostly just the writing is the problem. Like, what are, I, I looked up this director, and he did not do anything. Like, he, he directed Tommy Boy, and then, like, the third Naked Gun, and just, like, a lot of, like, kind of... Naked Gun, maybe that's the reason why he maybe. had him singing in a month. Yeah, but, like, the third one, that's not a good one. No, it's not a good movie. <laughs> um, but anyway, yeah, it's it's a... It's a Tommy gun. It's right. not like the worst thing. I'm, ever. Look, I'm not going to argue with you. Um, I'm glad it's not. I, I think a Spider Rico would have been a little harsh. So Yeah, it's not I that. Think it's fair. And at the very least, it's got good production values. It's a big yeah. budget Hollywood movie. That, that goes a certain, you know, obviously the, the acting talent is yeah. pretty stellar. Yeah. Multiple Oscar winners. Three, I think. Yeah. At least. Well, and, four if it counts to loan. So, well, three winners and, I, and a nominee. Because Stallone won for acting? No. no. Oh, wait. N- Best no. picture. No, he was nominated for Creed, but he didn't win. He won the Golden Globe, but he didn't win the Oscar. Yeah, so I, I think he's been nominated. Arkin has one. I, but I De Niro think, I think and Basinger. Ha- I think he has a statue from the Best Picture from Rocky. I think he <laughs> so got. You give him that? I think he was a, technically a producer or something. Yeah, he so probably he, was. I, mean, I think he, he is it. technically an Oscar. Uh, did it? Did it win Best Screenplay? I don't, it, I don't think so. Okay, that might uh, have been Network. I'm as, well, that's a tough one to beat. Yeah. Um, I, I would give it to Network as much as I love Rocky. Anyway, yeah, but three three acting Oscar winners yeah. and, you know, multiple and nominee I, Stallone. Right, and Stallone, multiple-time nominee. And to be honest, I'm going to give a shared one because this is maybe unfair to Kim Basinger. She got hers because they didn't give any other hardware to LA Confidential that year. That's why she won. Yeah, maybe. I mean, she's great in that movie. I know I, you don't like her. But. but she's barely in it. Whatever. I, I'm not saying she's bad. I, I'm just more annoyed that no, that you have all three of them for for Kevin Spacey, but just Kevin Spacey the performer, right? Right. Kevin Spacey, Russell Crowe, and Guy Pierce. You're telling me none of them were worthy? Come yeah, on. but I think they kind of ended up splitting the vote. I, that the that might have been it. E- either way. So what I'm going to say is I'm going to say that even though Stallone didn't win one as an actor between him and Basinger, they you got three and a half or <laughs> okay, I, I, how bad to, you know how about that so i i i was being unfair to kim basinger's character now you're being unfair to kim basinger she got a, she won an oscar and she did I, it's more that i still have animosity la confidential deserved more hardware than it got that, that's I agree. really what it comes down to okay so. neither here nor there. all right so it is my my pick i'm up yep we episode. had to look at the list cuz i didn't i actually thought there were more for us to do so no, we're still coming into the home stretch. We're just, in the home stretch. It feels longer because it's been such a delight. Yeah, we, we took a, we took a hiatus. It's getting to be slim pickings. Uh, so I'm going to take the coward's way out and I'm going to take the newest movie that is on the list. I am going to pick suicide. The suicide squad. Cause ah. I think suicide squad is actually a different movie. I think the, 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 the suicide changes. Right. 2021. Yes. yes. 2021. <laughs> 20 with Stallone. Yes. Uh, with Stallone, uh, Idris Elba, uh, of course, Margot Robbie again. Yeah. Uh, and John and Cena, a bunch of people. John Cena. Yeah, actually, uh, somewhat the reason why I'm picking it is I have enjoyed, uh, John Cena and I've got HBO max and I've really enjoyed peacemaker. I've, Mostly watch it because I'm a big, uh, maybe not as big of you, but I really enjoy James Gunn's work. Sure. And so with him as a writer, director, it was going to be right in my wheelhouse. John Cena has been, it, it's it been very good. I've been very entertained. I'm by not it. caught up, but I've watched like four episodes. But yeah. yeah. So, so, so we've both seen The Suicide Squad. Yeah, so I saw it only because that was coming out. I knew James Gunn. It happened to be on a plane for a flight somewhere I was going. I'm like, it was right. free on HBO when it was in theaters. It's just like, yeah, obviously, yeah. let's watch this. Uh, and it actually, you know, my, my recollection... It, it was better than I thought it was going to be. Now, going through with a fine-tooth comb, it was on an airplane. 
Uh, we'll see going through a fine tooth comb what I think. Um, but yeah, I, I liked it a lot. Yeah, okay. I bought it on 4K. That's oh, how much well, I <laughs> you're definitely yes. At, at, in uh, you're in advance of me, so I've only seen it once and only saw it on a plane. Okay, so I'm looking forward to that because right. um, I mean, and and I'm trying to remember body count wise. It may it may have a pretty you know decent impact. Uh, it might, but. It'll have an impact. I'm trying to remember, though, that character in particular, though. Yeah, not as many as other characters. Not as many, because the, the Stallone's shark. Yeah. I don't even know the shark's name. Um, yeah, good. Oh, he's just King Shark. King right? Shark, maybe, is not a focal character, and so he doesn't get a ton of screen time. No. So. But I'm looking forward to talking about it. I think that movie's back on HBO. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, they've got it. They have to, because of... Um, it was gone for a while, because it was only there was for... Was it really? It was... It was, uh, it was they, when it was in theaters, they only had it available for like a month, and they pulled oh. it for a while, and then... All right. No, now I think with Peacemaker, I think they've got it up there, because okay. they kind of... Even though it's, there's only a passing reference, you know, I think they want it there in, people, in case people do want, when they see that passing reference in the first episode, to right, right. go back. Uh, yeah, so... I don't think we probably have anybody following us on Twitter anymore, but uh, if you've... I mean, it's, it's our own, we're not active on Twitter, so if you've enjoyed, us if you want. You won't see anything. <laughs> there will be no, nothing on the feed from us, but... I mean, look, this is... Much like Stallone is entering the twilight years of his career, we're entering the twilight years of this podcast. Oh, man. Uh, how are, we gonna, how <laughs> are we really getting that old? This is the twilight years. Wow. Well, we'll see. But like I was saying earlier, the move is well, <laughs> the move is uh, probably going to impact things. All right. Uh, well, either way, if you've liked the show, please maybe like us on your podcast app of choice. I got to end it the same way. Oh yeah, we would still appreciate you know likes and uh, positive reviews. <laughs> that still helps. I mean, look, it, it points, you know, the, the higher we are up on the list, the more it points people, you know, on Apple Podcasts or whatever. You know, we're, we're pretty far down the list, <laughs> but, uh, you know. We're probably uh, not rock bottom, though. No, yeah, it still helps. Um, you know, it's, it's, there's a lot of uh, back, uh, you know, a lot of content. There's a lot of inventory there, yeah. that's for sure. Uh, yeah, and if you like the show, let people know about the show. I mean, certainly Suicide Squad has its fans, so hopefully, uh, you know, if you know someone who likes that movie and wants to hear two of us talk about it, that'll be next. You've always been the salesman. <laughs> we'll be back <laughs> Suicide Squad. We're in the twilight mean, years. We're ending. We don't want to do this anymore. Why are you even still that, listening? I didn't say that. It's, well, I just translated it for Jump out of a plane with some uh, Ben Gay parachutes. Promote the podcast. I just, I just ran you through Google Translate, and that's what it translated to. I'm just tired. We'll be back with the Suicide Squad. Boom, 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 boom. Bang, 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 bang. Boom, 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 boom. Bang, 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 bang. And I love the way you walk. And I love the way you talk. When you walk that walk. And you talk that talk. Boom, boom.